Gentlemen, welcome to Cartridge. The first rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. The second rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, and welcome to the second annual Christmas episode of the Cartridge Club. I am Player One, the jolly member of the bros, and I am joined by my brother, Player Two, and three amazing guests. I'm going to jump right into introducing them now. First up, we have returning clubber and longtime fan of this month's game, Kevin from Buried on Mars. Welcome, Kev. Hello, thank you for having me on once again. Yeah, we, uh, we can't get rid of you. I know. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, something you can't get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> Stain on your t-shirt? I don't know. Something like that. That's what we'll go with. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so our listeners uh, probably know who you are. If not, just give a quick uh, overview of where they can find you and what you're up to. Oh, Buried on Mars on YouTube. And if you're subscribed to this uh, podcast, you probably see Retro Fandango pop up once in a while on your feed. And you're thinking to yourself, what's that? That is my podcast that I do with my buddy Ramvox, who's over in Japan. And we talk about video games. And we do... Uh, once a month, we talk about, uh, we have like a main topic, like we talked about RoboCop. It's like a franchise kind of thing. We explore the video games and the movies and that. And right now, we're in the middle of Alien. We just covered the first uh, four movies in Alien. And uh, next month, we're going to be talking about Predator. And then we're going to go on to the Alien versus Predator thing. So feel free to check that out. Yeah. But, uh, I happen to know for a fact that the guests they had on the Alien show were top notch. <laughs> yes. Well, you were one of them, so. Oh, was I? Oh. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> All right, Kev. Well, we're happy to have you back, and we're really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this game. Uh, next up, we have our first of two new club members on the show this month. It's fellow Canadian, Enzi. Thanks for joining us, Enzi. Hey, thanks for having me. Why don't uh, you let our listeners know who you are, what you're about, what you love about games, where they can find you? Well, uh, I'm Enzi, as you have heard, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, I'm on YouTube. Uh, search up N Z E N Z Z Y. No, not Z, because we're Canadian. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm Z Z top. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, big Nintendo fan. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at N Z two hundred four. Excellent. Um, so this is your first time on the show, N Z, but you've been a club member for a long time. Um, yeah, I've been playing along for a few months now. Yeah, and we just wanted to take that opportunity, my brother and I, to thank you for, for joining and for helping to make the community a little bit more robust. Oh, well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me in it. Yeah. Okay, so that's two of three. Now, last and certainly not least, we have possibly one of the most talented men on the internet, the incomparable, I hope I pronounced this right, Jason he 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 in he Jason Heine. It's actually he he Heine. Heine. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Mr. Heine. <laughs> Thank you very much. And um, I I gotta say though, I didn't know that I was gonna be part of this club. See, when I signed up at the mall to to do this, I was told it was uh, Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> oh. Well, we do have jelly, but you might not like it. Yeah. It, uh, no, I appreciate actually, you guys having me very much. I, I'm, I'm happy to be on the show. Thanks, guys. Uh, in the slim chance that uh, somebody listening to this show, I guess maybe our mother, doesn't know who you are, why don't you let them know um, where it is that they can find you? Sure. Well, I'm a co-host of a, another gaming podcast called All Gen Gamers. You can find that at allgengamers.com with um, other amazing guys, uh, Pete Dore, Gamestar81, 
Metal Jesus Rocks and Sexy Ben. Um, and you can also find me on YouTube, just like a lot of other people. It's the Emulator Review is my channel, and I review games, and I do all sorts of things related to music, some video game remixes, some drum covers, and a little bit of everything in between. It's kind of a variety show. And um, yeah, you can find me there on YouTube, and you can tweet at me at the EMU Review. And uh, yeah, just type in Jason. He, he. <laughs> how do I don't know? How to, no, just type in Jason Heine and Google, and it pulls up all kinds of shit. H e i n e. Yeah. If uh, and if you are listening to this and you haven't yet purchased um, his video game remixes volume one on Noise Trade, stop what you're doing right now and go get that, and then come back to the show because. It's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth it. So that's our guests, folks. Um, so obviously, you're wondering what game it is we're uh, we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I'm going to pass things over to my incorrigible brother, P2, and he's going to let us know uh, what it is. Why don't you take us away? All right. Yeah, this month actually is our first. Uh, I mean, I guess we did Bioshock, but this is really the first real first-person shooter, and we'll get into that discussion later with Kevin. But uh, <laughs> this. I just heard Retro J turning over in his grave. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this this month, like I just said, we did Half Life Two, which you know it's it's monumentous. This game, and it's kind of a, an interesting point that we decided to go with the second one and not the first one. Now, um, before we get into that, that, I just want to talk about this one. It actually came out in in two thousand and four, which was how, how many years after that? Oh, seven years after the first one, six or seven years. Like sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a leap, and uh, and what a difference it made. Now, this is me and my brother's first time playing through. I actually played through uh, Half Life One and Two just to to really sink my teeth into it, and uh, and we're gonna get into our thoughts in just a second. But I'd like to know if this is your guys's first time through. Um, let's start with uh, with you, Enzi. Was this your first time playing through Half Life Two? Uh, you know, I've had it on my Steam library for like probably three years now, and uh, I've started it a couple times, but this is actually my first time playing through it past the first stage oh right on so did you actually get through it all the way through this time uh, i got right to the end i think i'm on the last mission but i didn't quite get it done right on right on all right how about uh how about you kevin is this your uh your first time through oh no this is a, probably about my fourth time through um i've i'm a huge fan half-life is one of my favorite games of all time it's right up there with metroid uh i played Metro or sorry the original half-life about uh, eight or nine times. I don't think I, I broke double digits yet. Um, and this this was about my fourth time. I think my fourth time playing through Half Life Two. And I gotta say, I this is I enjoyed it this time more than I ever have in the past because it's. I just realized it was the first time I played it on the PC. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I at the time when when this game came out in two thousand four, I was very annoyed and angry at the pc like pc gaming then was kind of like where phones are now they were progressing so fast mm. and uh i i had just spent in 1999 i bought with my wife uh we bought a computer for 1800 dollars. by oh. 2001 it was a piece of garbage it couldn't wow, run yeah. grand theft auto 3 and uh i was looking at like you know exp like what I would need to do in order to play Grand Theft Auto 3 on my computer, and I had to upgrade the GPU, I had to upgrade the motherboard, and I was like, you know what, I am done with this computer stuff. <laughs> I walked into uh, uh, Blockbuster, remember Blockbusters? 
walked oh, into yes. one <laughs> and they had a uh, GameCube there for 150 bucks. So I grabbed that, picked that up. Then uh, when Half-Life 2 came out and all the reviews are so great, I'm like, oh, damn, I should have kept my PC. But, <laughs> but thankfully, they, they ported it onto the Xbox. I, I played the original on, uh, or sorry, Half-Life 2 on the, um, on the Xbox uh, the first time. And then uh, I, I went from that to the 360, and I played it on the Orange Box on the 360. Oh, so, uh, so did you notice much difference between those two? Oh yeah, for sure. Like the load times were were very bad on the original Xbox, um, and then you know the uh, Orange Box had wide or yeah widescreen and uh, surround sound audio and that. Right, so, right. Yeah. There were some nice enhancements there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, Jason, uh, Mr. Heine, is this your yes, first time uh, through the game? Sometimes I wish it was, so that I could be blown away and amazed the very first time because as we all know gentlemen there is nothing like the first time it is so true i can however I can... this is not i i try to do this and i try to play the game through once every year i try to go back and just go you know from start to finish and enjoy it and i always see a little something different or something new or you know it's it's always a good experience half life two is again it's one of my all-time favorites um, you know, like some of you guys, and it's just one of those games that really broke the mold. I mean, it, it really changed everything in first-person shooters and storytelling and graphics and just everything. It was amazing. So, no, it is not my first time. I, I actually was just playing it um, before you guys even, you know, were like, hey, we're doing a, a, an episode with Half-Life 2. <laughs> I'm, like, sitting there playing it, you know? So That's awesome. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm glad to be here to talk about it, too. That's great. And yeah, you make a great point, because that's one of the things that makes Half-Life so amazing is even the first one at that, that, that time, it was breaking molds that were never around. And then Half-Life 2 did the exact same thing. And it's just one of those games that it's just so monumentous that you wish you had been there for back then. And, uh, and although I'm happy I get to play it now for the first time, I do wish I had played it back then. But yeah, so with that said, I suppose, uh, actually P1, let's, I, I know this is your first time through, but uh, what were your first impressions maybe uh, going through at this time? Because you're not really the biggest first-person shooter fan, right? No, I uh, hate them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, this, is, this is the game that won the vote for December, and I said, okay, I'm going to play it, I'm going to give it an honest, an honest shot here, even though uh, I can count on one hand the number of first-person games that I truly enjoy. And... Uh, Kevin actually said, if you're going to play it, get it on Steam. You can get it for a couple of bucks. And the game is designed to be played with a mouse and keyboard. And I, I, I it's funny because I'm always such an advocate of Nintendo games are better on Nintendo consoles because they're designed for that method of input device. You know, they are designed specifically for those. But I never translated that same defense over to first-person shooters. And I was just like, oh, they suck on consoles. Analog sticks are no good. Um, so when I started playing it, I was instantly blown away by how much of a difference it makes when you're controlling that viewpoint with a mouse and keyboard compared to using a couple of thumbsticks. Mm. And uh, that alone was enough to drive me to want to keep seeing what else the game had. And it, uh, it, it's if there's anybody else out there like me who, who wasn't a fan of first-person shooters, try them on a PC if you have the opportunity because it makes a huge difference. And it actually... I'm going to go back and try other games that I didn't like, like Fallout 3. I couldn't stand 
on the PlayStation mm-hmm. 3. But now I'm, th- I'm really considering giving it a shot um, on my Mac. So it, uh, it, it altered my complete opinion on an entire genre of games. Half-Life 2. <laughs> Blow me away, PC. Ten oh, PC. years, PC. ten years away. after its release, it's still converting people. I just, wow. I'm just so happy to have have a convert. You know, <laughs> it, we've been going on about Nintendo games since what last September to finally have somebody praising, other than myself, praising a PC game on on this podcast. It's so, oh, yeah, it's so, um, so good. It's my I'm Christmas present. Equally blown away because. Uh, I've played some console first-person shooters and actually enjoyed them, but overall, I've never really been a big first-person shooter guy, and uh, this was my first foray. Actually, I did play some Unreal Tournament when I was younger, but it wasn't really as story-driven as this was, and this really, it it made running around in first-person enjoyable, having the mouse and keyboard, so yeah, I got It's just so responsive, right? Like that, it's so accurate. You can... I got I played uh, Modern Warfare two I think and Battlefield three um, and the single mode campaigns of those were enjoyable for me uh, a little bit uh, but in the multiplayer I, I I get curb stomped so that's not fun I don't like having my ass handed to me every six seconds by twelve year olds that apparently have slept with my mom <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just it's so much a, such a difference the accuracy of using that most for aiming your gun it's just it's pinpoint you know. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought I'm really glad that you brought up that point and like I'm I'm a huge so let, we can be like polar opposites cuz I'm like the biggest first person shooter fan. I love them. Um they were like from the from the birth of like video games when I was old enough to play. I mean I I remember sitting down in like 92 maybe and my friend had a PC that he was playing Wolfenstein 3D. You know, and and at the time that was a brand new game. And <laughs> And I remember just looking at it, thinking that this first person's perspective, I didn't I didn't know what to call it or what it was. But all I knew is that looking in the screen, it looked like you were controlling the, you know, and of course, you're just using your arrow keys at the time. But right, that right. was mind blowing. And so from there, I was hooked, totally hooked. So in getting back to the discussion about we're talking about input, basically, and yeah. you cannot I've been saying this for years and it's. It's 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 tough because we have a younger generation where that's all they know is console, right? Right. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's that's totally cool. That's what they have. They got their 360, their PS3, PS4, whatever, and they're playing these games on it. That's all that they know. They don't have a gaming PC or they don't, never even been around that. They use that for their email and Facebook. Yeah. But older, the little bit of older crowd uh, like myself, you know, we didn't have consoles that could do that. It was only on PC. So I'm accustomed to a mouse and keyboard. But, you know, the the control is just and you, I'm just reiterating what you're saying. I mean, it's spot on. It's a one to one wherever you snap that mouse. That's where you're going to be looking. And there's something to be said about that. It's 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 really it puts you even more so into that world or that story. Or if I want to look down at my feet or turn around real quick because I heard something like, boom, I can do that. Yeah. If you hold down a, a joystick, it's like. Yeah, I feel like I'm like turning, turning. <laughs> okay, now I'm good. Looking up, looking. Okay, now I'm there. It's yeah. It's not. It's not as accurate, and I hate that. It's coming from PC. So, um, people have heated arguments about it all the time. I'm like, what's better, this and that. It really doesn't matter what's better. It's whatever you prefer and whatever you're 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 raised on, of course. So, but I'm just agreeing with you guys on the whole input discussion because that is playing Half Life Two or or really any shooter. 
with a mouse and keyboard is, in my opinion, superior. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's like you said, it's one to one. You know, and you can't. Mm-hmm. No matter how good the game is, or no matter how much designed for a console, you're never going to get that same reaction time from an analog stick as you do from a mouse. And right. it, it completely, you know, it completely converted me from like I hate I I couldn't stand first person shooters. I I wouldn't touch them. You know, Bioshock and Borderlands are probably the only two that I ever even slightly enjoyed, and most of that was because of the aesthetic around them, you know, the worlds that they created. But now it's like all of these games are now suddenly open to me that I never played before, you know, and on Steam they're like 80, 80 cents. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No, no. Hide your wallet. Yeah, my credit yeah. card's already smoking. Well, you said <laughs> you basically discovered a new console for yourself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You said you're playing on your Mac, right? Yeah. The only problem is most FPS games aren't on Mac. They're only on Windows. See, that leads okay. me to believe that the really, really good ones will be on the Mac, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a problem I've been dealing with for a couple of years now. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so it's crazy. That's, that's my first impressions of Half-Life 2. Um, right on. So, uh, yeah. Right on. So, well, with that said, it's nice to know that at least everybody here seems to enjoy it. We don't have, this is like the first podcast in a long time that we don't have somebody that didn't enjoy the game. Although last month, I guess, was pretty good. But anyway. Well, I could say that uh, the very first time I played it, uh, I didn't really enjoy it until I got to uh, Ravenholm. Um, the first, see, I, what I loved about the first game was that it was uh, about isolation. And right. Gordon Freeman was like uh, a guy on his own. He was thrown into a situation uh, with just nothing but a crowbar and he had to you know, pick up his pieces as he's going on. And he was just a, a normal, ordinary scientist. He wasn't like the true hero. Right. Um, and he was just thrown into a situation. He had to adapt his situation to in order to get out of it. And you gotta, you know, buy into the fact that he's awesome at all these weapons and everything now. But um, it, at the beginning of the second game, it really threw me off that he was like this well-known, uh, almost godlike hero. Right. Uh, he was like the savior of this uh, desolate city, this desolate world, and it really, it, that threw me off. And um, the fact, wait, hold on, sorry, I got a notification here, and it's throwing me off. Sorry about that. It's okay. You're, <laughs> off, you're off the show, Kevin. This yes. Can, uh, <laughs> cancel that. Cancel his call. <laughs> um, that that threw me off. And uh, the other thing that that was really weird for me that took me a while to get uh, used to was that. I, it, it was almost like as if, you know how like in Star Trek The Next Generation when they would bring someone from the old Star Trek and they would throw him into the new Star Trek and he'd be like freaking out? It's like, why is there a Klingon on the bridge? We're at war with them. What's going on here? And that's what I kind of felt like with the head crab in, in, the, scient- in uh, the scientist's uh, office and right, uh, right. the, um, what they call, Vortimorts or something or uh, who are the... Who are the Guys that throw electricity, guys, right? Yeah, yeah, they throw like green lightning at him. It's like I just played, you know, a whole game with them, you know, trying to kill me, and now here's one that's my friend, and it just it really threw me off. But uh, once I got into Ravenholm, that's where the game really started to to uh, grab me. So Gordon's out of it for a little while, and then all of a sudden, everybody's got delusions of grandeur. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I guess Luke's a Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well and you know like that that the water hazard level that's a really long level you know with the with the airboat and that before you get to uh right. the more isolated stuff and it, it took me a while too to get over the fact that you know gordon was trapped in half-life one and half-life two 
He doesn't really have to do any of this stuff. He's got an airboat. He could just pick a direction and head off any way he wants to go, you know? And it took me a little while to get over that. So I found that the story sort of comes at you like a freight train, though, at the beginning of this. Because it's like you're thrown in and we're, having not played the first one, I knew, I, I knew no background at all. I was just like – I watched a, a little video on YouTube to sort of get myself up to speed. And I was like, okay, I'm Gordon Freeman. I'm working for this company. And then you wake up on a train and you're like, well, who do I work for? You know, we're, we're, what's going on? And then it's like, you got to go. These guys are coming to get you. You got to go. Um, you're being chased through the sewers. You get It's just, it's go, go, go. And just when you're like, okay, there's going to be a second here to catch my breath and breathe. It's like, nope, you got to go again. It's It, it really is. It's I, I initially was using the term roller coaster, but it's not a roller coaster because there's no downtime. There's no climbing that hill. It's more like a freight train, you know? Right. You start the game, you get off of that subway, and it's go. And it doesn't even slow down until Ravenholm. And then it just gets creepy. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the beauty of of the storytelling and you know they have to set you up to you know to give you all that they're going to do as you play through it. So and I think that's the charm. I think that's the biggest charm I think in my opinion is that you don't really know what's going on, but you're True. searching and hunting and you're you have to push forward and there are lots of things about this story that you do not know that we don't even know today that nobody knows that they haven't revealed so you know that's that's why we're here right now that's why everyone's like half-life three oh my gosh you know it's because (laughs) they fucking did this to us (laughs) (laughs) they did this to us and they knew what they were doing and it is so good and it's it's amazing the storytelling in that and that 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 suspense that build up Mm -hmm. yeah and that's yeah. It's, look at this. Ten years later, this came out ten years ago, and we're still, you know, yearning for that Half-Life Three. So yeah. it just goes to show how good they did it, you know. Totally. But uh, you touched on it a bit there, Kevin. Let's talk a bit about Gordon Freeman himself. He's the uh, the main protagonist of the game, but he's not like uh, he's no Arnold, that's for sure. You know, he's just like a regular guy. He's a, he's a physicist. He's not a a marine. He's not you know a soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely didn't see that especially back then in games, and you still really don't today. Um, you see people try to copy this, but what did you guys think about Gordon Freeman overall? What did you think, P1? Uh, I, I liked, as a character, I mean, he's silent, really. You don't know anything right. about him despite, except what the people are telling you, and all they're telling you is, oh, my God, you're Gordon Freeman. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, uh, so it's, all I know is that I did something really awesome at some point, and I've been out of, out of it for a little while, and they expect me to do something awesome again. Yeah, he's, he's like he's got to get his bearings right because he wakes up and he doesn't know what's going on. You know what I mean? The, wor- the world is completely different from what he knew when he went to sleep. You know, and uh, or whatever happened. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like I like that he's not um, not every hero, uh, even in real life, not every hero is built like He Man and talks like Rambo. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there are everyday heroes right now, right this moment, who are just regular guys who wake up in the morning expecting to go do a job that they do every day and they end up, you know, saving somebody's life or, you know, um, putting out a fire or something, you know. And Gordon right. Freeman is just, he's your everyman. He's just a regular, anybody playing this game, I mean, obviously, uh, if you're an MIT graduate, we all are though, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> every person, yeah. 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 Uh, if you're playing this game, you could, but because he's a silent uh, protagonist, you can project yourself onto him, you know what I mean? And it's... I think it's good because he's just he's just a guy going to work. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
And, and you know what? That, that really brings up a good point of the first game because the first game, that's how it starts off. You're just going to work. You're just doing your thing, the thing that you've done a thousand times before. It's just, you know, stuff happens. Actually, Jason, why don't you give us a quick uh, rundown of the first game just so we can really get a feel of uh, the build up to the second game? Well, you want to know something crazy? Oh, my God. <laughs> Turn yes. off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Really? 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 Really. All right. That is amazing. <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> My mind is blown. I don't even know what to say. No, no, no. Let me tell you, let me tell you guys the real story though. It's Please like do. So here we are, you know, 2004 rolls around. Yeah. And I see this game. And the last PC I built was in like 2000 because I built it to play Soldier of Fortune. Oh, nice. And that which came out i think 99 or 2000 right around mm -hmm. unreal tournament days um mm -hmm. and so i see this game and i just had to have a new pc to play this new game and that you know that was right around the first time i played that game and i hadn't even heard of the this half-life game prior wow. that's what's messed up about it but that's awesome i mean i've i've gone back i mean I, i'm gonna be totally honest i've gone back since of course and I've played through some of it. I may be a couple hours into the first one, yep. but there's something about it. Don't get me wrong. And I love it and I like it and <laughs> I can play it. I don't know what it is. Oh, I, 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 I don't know if it's, it's not like the graphics and stuff. Cause I give a shit about that. I, I love the story. I love everything about it, but there's just something more magical in my opinion about the second one. And I just cannot, I cannot sit there and I have, I have not played it. I have not completed the first one. That is, that's, that's my biggest thing. Um, okay. Well, I can the, say, sorry, go okay, ahead. Go for, okay. Well, I was just going to say, I think <laughs> I, I fucked everything. Up. <laughs> <laughs> we you just guys broke the internet. <laughs> you, you're well, not, crazy you're not, is, go, yeah, go I'm ahead, sorry. Jason. Go ahead. Because I, I've talked to other people and I, I talked to a lot of people who say the exact same thing to me. And I'm like, okay. Mm. I know that screwed up, but maybe I'm not the only one that screwed up with this. Like, what what is it about that? I think, well, I think the magic of Half Life One was its opening. That's the uh, trademark, the thing that would would grab you and and pull you into the game. It was the very first game that would uh, that did that at all. I mean, Doom, Quake, those games are you're a marine, you're throwing in, start start running, you know, enter, and shoot at everything that goes. moves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, this was the first one that actually tried to give you some sort of narrative uh, to follow. Not the first game, but, you know, the first, like, first-person shooter of this kind. And I think over time, uh, that magic is gone. It's like trying to tell somebody to go back and watch uh, Citizen Kane for this crane shot. Well, who cares, you know? Like, but at the time, it meant something because it was the first time that it was done. Right. And Yeah, it was very cinematic. I mean, the whole intro was like, what... I felt like it was like 30 minutes long, but I know it's like what eight or 10 minutes or something of, yeah. Yeah. You know, it just feels the train and, and it was extremely epic for the time. I, I just remember sitting there like with my arms crossed with a big smile, like, Hey, look at this, you know, holy shit. This is really, <laughs> really cool. Right. Yeah. Especially for that time. Right. And as this month, this was my first time playing through both of these games and I played them back to back. So I can say definitively, uh, as as a modern game, as a modern like playing it now as a game that was created in ninety seven, 
it certainly has lost some of its charm, but you can really appreciate it, especially when you boot up Half-Life 2 right after it. And, mm-hmm. and, and you can just see the, the, the leap forward that Half-Life 2 was. And you just, the second that you start playing, you realize that's what the first one was back then. Yeah, and, the, the, the original Half-Life was like a, a, an amalgamation of ideas too. I mean, Valve was like a brand new company right. and they were all in different groups in the company just coming up with like, oh, what if, uh, you know, we you fight against a monster who can't uh, who can't see you, but he can, he can hear you. What would you do right. there? And right. then another team was working on, uh, you know, what happens if you, you know, you have the, these portals that you go through and you can only get to like certain parts of the room and stuff like that. And Half-Life was the amalgamation of all those ideas. And, you know, at the time, again, I think there was something magical about that, but it's really become... I mean, the video game industry is, uh, you know, 12 years ahead from there. They've really perfected that uh, that formula. And it, and then I guess me, maybe now to look back at something like that, it seems a little disjointed now, uh, now but at, for at the time, you know, it was really, it was something. It's true. And there is a, tr- a certain charm when the credits page ca- comes up and you could fit it on a four by six, you know, uh, photograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the, yeah. The, the credits, like it's just such a small team. It's, 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 mm. it's pretty nice to see that. Um, but uh, all right, Kevin, why don't you just give us a quick breakdown of what uh, the original Half-Life was leading into the second one then? Okay, well, the original Half-Life was about uh, there was this uh, facility out in the desert not really sure if it's a privately owned facility or if it's done by the government. That's never really explained. This is like an alternate True. universe or something. Uh, but it's in the middle of the desert and you're the scientist named Gordon Freeman who's just uh, being driven into work. You're on a train. Uh, you get there uh, and the, the cool thing about the about the opening is you're walking through all these hallways and everything and you could just you just get little pieces of, of uh, information as you're walking towards uh, the room that you need to go and work in. It doesn't deliver everything to you in a cutscene. Everything is in the engine within the game itself. So you're hearing scientists like whisper in the hallways like I don't know if this is going to work and that and you're like oh my god what's going on. Yeah. Uh, eventually you get into the room and all hell breaks loose. Uh, you, you were working on this uh, machine that was supposed to open a dimension uh, to, or open a gateway into another dimension and it, it breaks, it, it, it blows up and it just unleashes hell on earth. Uh, beings from the other dimension come in and just wreak havoc into this facility and the facility is called Black Mesa. So you spend your entire game uh, trying to get out of Black Mesa. You finally get out of Black Mesa and then you know they tell you, you know, you got to shut this thing down or you know, you got to shut down all this stuff uh, coming into our world because if you don't, you're not going to have a world to live in for too much longer. So then that's the next part of the game. Gordon goes ahead and he shuts everything down. At the end of the game, um, there's this guy that you're kind of chasing and following you throughout the entire thing, and he's called the G-Man. Uh, at the end of the game, you finally meet up with the G-Man, and the G-Man says pretty much, good job, uh, I'm going to hire you for another job, and you can either stay on the train uh, and just sit there for all eternity. I don't think anything happens if you don't get off the train or you can jump into this porthole and that brings you to your next job. And I think, I, I'm pretty sure nothing happens in between then because Valve hasn't told us anything happens in between then. But then sure. the next thing you know, Gordon is in at the beginning of Half-Life 2, which is in the middle of City 17. Right. And and that's the weird thing about this this G Man. Where did the name G Man come from? Because I played through both games and I never heard that expression. So when did that sort of come to fruition? That's an old term for uh, federal agents, isn't it? Uh, 
yeah. from the States, yeah. FBI agents used to call FBI. them G-men. Yeah. So is this in the manual or something, or did, is was this the community that sort of just started calling them that? I don't know. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> Should have looked up the answer. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where that kind of came from because I know if there's anything in the game or just in the Half Life universe that is never really explained, it's the G Man. I mean, that's really <laughs> sure. that's really the thing that nobody really knows, and Valve hasn't said shit about it. And nobody really knows. Everyone speculates, but. Who knows? Maybe that's even just a community name that someone just yeah. named him. I don't know. I just, yeah, because yeah, I assumed fun. it came from Half-Life 1, but if, if you're saying it didn't, then... No. Huh. That's very interesting. It just goes to show you, like... You know what's funny? If any other company was so silent about stuff like this, they would hate them. But Valve has this... Once again, this charm, I guess, and, and, and a control over us where we just love them for not telling us. It's And we all make it up ourselves, and then it just sort of becomes what's known. Pretty interesting stuff, this Valve. But that's the G-Man. So at the end of it, he kind of signs a contract with you, and, and you're sort of ending up working for him. Yeah, and you don't really know what that entails. And uh, you sort of go into this stasis state, I guess, until he has a job for you. And that's mm. when you sort of wake up in, in Half-Life 2. You're on this train going to this city, as far as you know, and that city is City 17. And uh, Earth's kind of in a, an apocalyptic state, and you don't really know what's going on. But uh, what did you guys think overall when you first turned it on and you're in this City 17? What were you thinking, P1? Um, I'm going to pass it over to Enzi because we haven't heard from him for a second. But I, I just looked it up, okay. and he's the only spot it ever mentions that he's called the G-Man is in the code of the first Half-Life, in the program hmm. code. Oh, it's in the code? Yeah. Code. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, let's hear what Enzi had to think about uh, City 17. Yeah, what did you think about the intro, uh, Enzi? Yeah, well, I kind <clears> of... <throat> When I started playing, I was just on this train. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And I get off this train and I just saw all these guys with their guns and stuff. And you're kind of walking around thinking, what's going on here, right? Like, this doesn't yeah. look like, like a normal situation. And then then you get pulled into like that kind of like that uh, little side hallway, right? So right. I'm thinking, oh shoot, am I in trouble here? What What's going on? Like, this guy's like, and then there's a door on the left you can look through and you, it looks like someone's getting tortured in there. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, oh, shoot, it. is this is this going to happen to me? Like, what like what am I going to do here? I got right. off the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was getting a little worried there. I, di I didn't know what was going on, but, but I think right. it, was a, it was a good intro. Like, it really got my attention and really got me into it. Exactly. You said it perfectly because just like the first game, it has another amazing intro. It's different from the first game because it's more interactive, but it still has that same feeling where it just sort of sucks you right into this universe you know what i mean um jason what did you think about city 17 when it showed up oh city 17 uh, so atmospheric um so ambient um obviously like i'm an audio guy so i love that and and music and stuff and so when i i, I just sat there and listened to all the ambient sounds all the sound design it was incredible it's it really brings you in but i thought what I mean, thing is, you don't know. There's right. there's the screen right above you, and there's this dude talking, and you don't know if he's like the president or who the hell right. this guy is. And there's mm. all these soldiers, you know. Again, it's like they spawn you with nothing, right? So yeah. I'm thinking first person shooter. Give me a gun. I'm gonna knock these guys out. <laughs> right? No, you've got nothing, and it's like you you feel like so helpless, and yeah. you have to move forward, and you have to explore. And all along the way, you're getting little signs, little information. 
Um, like, you know, that combine soldier, he like knocks the can off the garbage. He's like, hey, right. pick that up. He's like, right. you, you better pick this up now. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do, but I'll do it. I'll do yeah, it. I'll do you it. Know? Yeah, I'll pick it up. So, I'll pick it up yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick it up right now. He's like, put it in the trash. Like, okay. Then he, then he laughs at you. It's like, wow. Okay, so there's where, you know, the authority comes in. And, and you, you instantly know from that first moment that we're, this place is really screwed up. And right, right. there is some serious issues and problems that are happening here that are way beyond your control. And... um. That's that's what I thought. I thought, wow, this is very negative and very cool. Yep, you got it. And I remember because I just booted this up after playing Half-Life 1. So I'm thinking in my mind, the aliens that were coming in from the first game must have taken over. And uh, and, and humanity has set up these safeguards to, to these cities under complete military control to sort of uh, separate the population from these monsters, which are you know, still invading this, the, the world. And that's what I was going off of. I was thinking, okay, this must be set up in order to help protect the people. Um, but clearly power has gone to their head. Um, you find it later on that that's actually not the case, but that's what I was thinking when I first started it up. Uh, how about you, Kev? What were you thinking? Uh, well, like I said, the first time I, I played it, I and got to the opening. I didn't really like it. Um, it, you know, the first game, the opening was just so monumental, uh, to me that uh, it was a lot for Valve, I think, to live up to, to duplicate that. But since then, on replaying and all that, I've really come to appreciate it. I, I get it now. I understand what they were trying to do. And I actually, I absolutely love the part where uh, before you have any weapons and mm. the combine is is coming after you and you're running on uh, yeah, yeah. the rooftops yeah. and that, trying to get trying to get away. Um, that, that is That is very well done. Yeah, I agree completely. completely that agree, feeling of yes. helplessness, it's yeah. hard to top that, right? Yeah. It's got a City 17 has a very uh like concentration camp vibe to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. It's like yeah, like you could see that there's a lot of influence there from World War II, uh Germany, Poland, stuff like that. And right. that like you um, I'm glad you brought up that that scene where you don't have the gun and they're chasing you through the buildings cuz and again, I I mean it goes back to the controls and uh, I know we'll get there, but if I had been playing that on a console, there would have been no way I could have navigated those tight hallways in those apartment buildings. But it's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's so it's so precise, you know? And I'm running <laughs> for these guys, and I'm scared. Like, my heart's beating faster because I'm like, I don't know where the next corner is. I'm not very good yeah. at first-person games. Like, these guys are chasing me. Am I running <laughs> for the right reasons? Who are these people telling me to run? What is going on? Why yeah. do I have a gun? Won't somebody please tell me something? And it's just... <laughs> All you know is run, you know, it's fight or flight, then you have the only choice is flight. And it's right. it's so, and that's really when that, you know what I mean? The, you get off the train and then you get on the freight train. Like it just, it starts <laughs> from there and it's just like, go, go, go. And they're coming after you and all you know is they're coming after me and they're not nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found out that they weren't nice the hard way. Like that scene where he knocks the can off and tells you to pick it up, right? I picked yep. it up, but rather than putting it in the garbage, I threw it at him. Oh, oh they beat he you wasn't to death, too happy yeah. about that. Oh, he totally beat me with that. They beat you to death? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, they really don't mess around. Like, they, they want to they wanna send that one home right off the bat. Like, you don't yep. fuck with these guys or, you know, they will screw you over. Yeah. 
Right. You put and that can it. in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it in yeah. such an awesome way that it didn't require, you know, this cinematic. You actually got to be a part of it and, and, and you feel it rather than watching your character feel it. And and I think that's pretty revolutionary, you know, like Yeah, that's always been completely a hallmark of, of the of the Half Life games is that there's never been a cutscene. There's no cutscenes. You're always part of it. You know, you can right. move around, you can look at it at different angles, you know. That's all part of I think uh, the game making you or putting, uh, allowing you to put yourself into Gordon Freeman. Right. How easy would it have been to take that whole chase scene through the apartments and up on the roofs and turn it yeah. into a quick time event? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Press yeah. Like, jump and- like, I don't want to say developers are lazy at all. Cause I mean, I know what it takes to produce stuff, but right. I mean, keeping everything in the engine, in the game like that in real time is, I mean, you said it. It's just revolutionary. I mean, yeah. today. I mean, look at it today. Holy <laughs> shit! I'm just thinking about it. Really, it's like <laughs> start, hit, enter, start the game. Cutscene, cutscene, story, story, cutscene, play. Yep. That's it. End of level. Cutscene, cutscene, story, play. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, so yep. like that is so magical in Half Life too. No cutscenes. You know, I mean, that's. I mean, there are. Well, I guess there are some towards the end, but it's. Um, throughout pretty much the whole game, there aren't any. And even right. when they take a moment um, to stop and talk to you, like when you're hanging out and you're meet, you meet, I don't know, I don't remember his name, but the guy that runs the teleporter, um, and he's with the guard Barry, I think his name is from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, from Black Mesa. yeah, from Black yeah. Mesa. Yeah, for Black Mesa. Yeah, and they're talking to you and they're explaining stuff. You can still walk around and interact and read like pieces of newspaper clippings on the wall, and that's how yeah. you find out what's going on. You know. Yeah. You're, you piece it together yourself. Yeah, right? it's when I was talking to uh, uh, Dr. Vance and his hot daughter that uh, <laughs> you saw, and she's hot. We'll get to her. Let's. <laughs> that ass. <laughs> um, yeah, you're like, I'm reading newspaper clippings, and I'm like, seven hour war, humans, uh, um, humans, uh, what's the word? Search the nest. Surrender. Surrender. Surprise. That's the word. Surrender. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just, you know, they're taking a moment, and then you get that, you know, a second to breathe and while you're doing it you're like okay i gotta look and see what's around this space because i know in a minute something bad's gonna happen and i'm gonna have to run <laughs> right you know and even in that lab you can go and play with the different experiments yeah yeah that's you know, right. And, that, and, that, and that's that's a beauty of you know the source engine which i'm sure we'll get to eventually which is the most amazing thing about you know half-life 2 but um yeah but you can play with different experiments and and move things around and stuff so you can really literally Put your hands on all that stuff in there, and you just you're so connected, so amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's true. It's like you're in the world. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. This was 2004. We talk. What, what we happened? talk about. Like, yeah, we, we were, talk. We about progressed. It. <laughs> yes, it's come so far. <laughs> I know. Like I don't know. Like can you? Like, I don't understand. How do games go for like you hit this? You do this into the and you can see games try to emulate it and try to try to mimic what they did. But there is nobody who's been able, as far as I could, I mean, I'm not obviously by no means a first-person uh, expert, but I don't, I don't know of any other first-person game, uh, or really, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to even think of any games, but very few games anyway, period, that have that have been able to capture the lightning in a bottle that they had with, Half, with Half-Life 2. Yeah. Like, well, it takes a lot of work, and I think that's a big reason why there was a seven-year gap between the first game and the second game, and probably right. why we haven't seen a game since. Uh it's a lot of manpower, a lot of hours, a lot of attention to detail. And you just don't get that in this, uh, 
you know cycle that the gaming and publishers are are in right now where it's like you got to release a game by this date and then move on to the next one yeah they're probably waiting see they, they can't do a half-life 3 because it's so hard to make female characters in video games <laughs> you know, I gotta farm on, that out to Ubisoft. Yeah, I have it on good authority from the Assassin's Creed team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you make a great point, and and you know what? Every game is only as good as its hero and its and and its villain. And in City Seventeen, when it starts up, you're introduced to Doctor Wallace Breen. He's that guy on the big monitor, and he's looking down over everybody. It's it's pretty much a dictatorship right from the start. And this guy, he's pretty ruthless, but the question is, do you think he was honestly trying to save humanity or just sort of save himself? It's a, it's a fine line, but I'd love to hear what you guys think about uh, him overall. What about you, Enzi? What did you think about uh, Dr. Breen, the, the main bad guy? Yeah, um, you know, I, I never really got a good read on him, like, because it seemed, it, he could have been doing it for either reason, right? Like, right. maybe... I, I don't know, I never felt like I actually got enough uh, character of him to make a good judgment call as to why he would have been doing what he's doing. Like, Right. I mean, yeah, he is, just like everything else in the game, it is pretty shrouded in mystery. It, yeah, it's, it's very ambiguous. Like, he's got this nice big desk in his chair and everything, and <laughs> you, you teleport into his office there for a bit, right? And then Yeah, that's right. He's kind of like, wait, who's that? And you can tell he, that he doesn't like to lose control. And he True. likes to like he likes to know what's going on. So he might have just been doing it for the power, but who knows? Great point. And now he is the uh, lead administrator for the Black Mesa from the original game. Um, so that's sort of his tie-in into this game and why he knows Gordon Freeman. But uh, what did you guys think about him overall, Kevin? What do you think? Uh, well, first of all, huge shout out to the voice actor uh, who did his voice, uh, Robert Culp, who's I believe is one of the most underrated actors of all time. Uh, he was in, um, he was the older guy in uh, Greatest American Hero, uh, and he was also in a show that's really unfortunately hard to watch now called I Spy with uh, Bill Cosby. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's it's just a terrific actor. He's one of those guys that could do comedy, and in this one, he's doing drama, and he just shows his range and. Uh, yeah, um, you're never really given any indication on how much he's influenced by the G-Man. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't know his side of the story. And unfortunately, unless they use another voice actor, because Robert Culp has passed away a few years ago, unless he's another voice actor, I don't know if you're ever going to get answers to, to that as well. True. But uh, yeah, he definitely, I think it's just, it's the classic story of um, he started off in, um, you know, in a, in a, wanting to go in a direction where he was going to help humanity. And now it's like every time something bad happens or, or he loses control or something, he just, he feels as if he needs control of it to uh, steer, keeps the ship in the right direction. Right. And uh, yeah, he's, it's a great villain. Um, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, I don't think we're going to get an answer to a lot of those questions. Mm. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, there was a scene, I'm trying to think of which one. Uh, P1, what did you think about uh, Dr. Breen while I try and remember this? He really reminded me of uh, the Gary Oldman character from uh, Book of Eli. He, he's sort of in charge of this town, and he's not a good guy, but he's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just trying yeah. to do what he thinks is best. Right. You know, he's like, he's, he's in charge, and he's trying to protect these people and give them a place to live, you know, and he's going about it the only way he knows how, which unfortunately is sort of broken. And I, I get that same impression from uh, from Doctor Breen. It's 
he he wasn't necessarily a bad guy. He was trying to do what he thought was best. Just his methods weren't good. Right. You articulated that way better than I did. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, he uh, he comes off right as a dictator right from the start, and this is sort of what leads you into this resistance group. And this group is, is sort of who you're going to be working with throughout the whole game as, quote-unquote, the good guys of the game. Now, um, right from the start, you're told you're sort of a, a hero. You're looked up to um, from this Black Mace event. But uh, I'm not really sure where that sort of came from. Where did he, where did Gordon sort of become a hero from the first game? Uh, I, I didn't really get that. Jason, did you, did you figure out where they sort of got that from? No, I'm not really sure. All I know is that he saves the day and right. then he's ready to save the day again. Right. And, and, and that's what's so first... mysterious about it. Well, you right. know, there's there's the uh, I can't remember the scientist's name, but he has the voice from the first game. I'm blanking on his name, but he survives. Barney survives uh, yep. from Black Mesa. They knew Gordon Freeman from uh, the first game and knew what he did. Uh, maybe not knew exactly where he ended up, but in those in the original games, he does help them out, uh, and, and in right. the uh, the extra uh, expansion packs for Half Life Two, he does help them out. So, I guess they were they would be the ones who spread the word like all the scientists knew who gordon was right right, right. in black mesa they were like gordon you got to do this you got to shut this thing down right so it, i guess it would be just the survivors who survived black mesa that spread the word right and then it, it raises the other question of do do they know that he went to what was it called zenith no i i, I don't think so i think at that point uh like they tell him to go and shut it down and they know it gets shut down but so nobody knew yeah, like the only, the only person you run into after that is uh, the G-Man. So he's the only one that really knows what's going on. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, that raises another question about G-Man. Um, at the end of the game, uh, is he pleased with what you've done throughout uh, Half-Life 2? Or... You, don't, you don't find that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, This it's sort is of... why everyone's up, up in arms. Right. Because, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I mean, he... He could have let you just die. <laughs> well, even in the uh, the expansions in episode one and two, you only run into him one more time. And at the only thing you get out of that uh, altercation is that um, he's he's got some sort of idea for what Gordon should be doing or what he wants him to do. You never you you don't know what, and you know that the aliens. You find out that the aliens have some sort of power or something that can stop him. He's he's definitely hiding from them. And I can't remember their names. What are they got? The green laser, the green electric guys. No, <laughs> what are I their names? Vortic uh, Vortigons. Vortigons. Thank you very oh, much. Thank the, you. <laughs> if the Vortigon, if he he's sneaking behind the Vortigons, he doesn't want them to find out where he is. Um, there's a part uh, in the expansions where uh, you have to find some gel to save Alex. And while they're all, you find the gel, you bring it back to the Vorticons. The Vorticons do this kind of seance thing around Alex and they have to concentrate to revive her. And oh. while they're busy with that, that's when the G-Man comes and visits you. And he says, okay, now that they're all busy, I can come and check it on on you. I can, I, we can have a little chat. Mm -hmm. And of course it's all, you, you know, you don't get any sort of hard evidence. He doesn't say, okay, this is what's going on. <laughs> you know, right. you just kind of just, you know, <laughs> 
more mystery. There's just more mystery. More so. and more questions. There. Every yeah, every so. time every time something happens like that, it brings up way more questions than answers, and that's <laughs> right. that's that's yeah. why this universe is so so just it's so deep. You know, every right. time something happens, you just like, whoa, 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 wait, I don't know about the other thing. Why did this just happen? What does right. this mean? We don't know. It's kind of like watching Lost almost. Like the more answers you yeah. get, the weirder it gets. Like. Yeah, you can't get right. deeper without getting let I don't know it just gets worse as you go on. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah, like being part of the resistance and you've heard from, you know, the guys that survived Black Mesa, you know, about Gordon Freeman and he shut this down and he was the one who saved us and he's been gone for so long and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he just appears. Yeah, you know what bad. I mean? Like and you and you you they realize like they see him they're like that's fucking that's Gordon fucking Freeman. Yeah, yeah, like walking through their apartment, right? Like, you know, right? That's we got a mattress and a TV, and it's fucking Gordon Freeman walking yeah. by. You know? That's Gordon Freeman in yeah. my house. You well, know, it like... seems almost like as if he's a bit of a B celebrity. Like some people like do that actually in the game. They're like, "Hey, Gordon, you're here. You're going to help us out." And then other people are just like, "Hey, uh, they, they just completely ignore him when he walks by." True, so true. there, there is only a certain level to his fame. Yeah, but it's like it's almost like prophetic, like. They were, you know, when it was at the at its worst, Gorman showed up or Gordon showed up and he saved the day. And it's at a point now where it's back to at its worst and Gordon shows up and they need him to save the day. Maybe that's why we haven't had a Half-Life 3 yet, because we haven't hit the worst. Oh, maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to talk about uh, Alex. Yeah, let's do like it. Alex. Go ahead. You want to tell, tell us about uh, Alex and Eli Vance. Go yeah, ahead. I don't know anything about them. I just know she is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say it's not often that I'm attracted to a video game character, but it happens uh, weekly. <laughs> but I, I like her because she's not the damsel in distress. You know what I mean? Right, right. There's all this. There's a lot of talk uh, in gaming of. You know, oh, women are always the damsel in distress. They always need someone to save them. But she doesn't. Like, she's just as tough as Gordon. You know what I mean? Like, she yeah. she shows up. She built her, she built a giant robot dog. She's just uh, she actually saves him at the first part there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, she's yeah nice to see the other side. Right? There's a whole part uh, in episode uh, one where you can play the entire chapter without. You could you only need to fire a gun once. Uh, the rest you can use grenades and mostly the gravity gun. And she does all the shooting. You just set things up for her. Like uh, you can place, um, uh, uh, you know, the explosive barrels in certain spots. You can shine lights on on uh, the enemies so she can see them and that. And it's really uh, well done. And it really is like I mean that episode is almost like her episode. That's where she is, stands totally. out. Yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty neat, actually. Yeah, I like that. And uh, yeah, and that's another thing that's that's different about Half Life Two is there are other characters. In the first one, you had some generic, uh, you know, uh, yeah, scientists and and security guards. But in this game, it actually has other characters to interact with, i.e., Alex and uh, and Eli. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it sort of introduced a whole new way of looking at the game. But uh, Kevin, what were you about to say there about it? About what? About Alex, sorry. <laughs> I finally did. She was awesome. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, what about Eli, her father? Uh, Eli's cool. Uh, Robert Guillaume does an excellent job voicing him as well. Uh, you know, he's kind of like, um, he, you know, just a guy. I don't know. Don't, 
He, he makes a weird comment when you first meet up with him at his place, and his daughter shows up, and he makes it like a comment about her and and Gordon almost hooking up. And I'm like, that's not a that's not a joke a dad should make. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. The world is in peril, man. There's not too much choice out there. I think That's... he just wants to have grandkids, so he's like first guy he sees. Yeah, get get her on there. And you know, um, you know, Alex got the best ass in the city. Seventeen. Oh, so, hey. Does she ever? Those jeans. Mm. Can I just can I just quickly say that I don't think I was the only one who got. I, I held down control, went and crouched, and I went behind her and just stared at her ass in that elevator. Ebola. <laughs> totally did it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Source engine all, right there. All I could say is you're not alone, Jason. Alone. <laughs> Shit, those are painted on jeans, man. Yeah. <laughs> Billy it's Ocean said it best. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but about Eli, he does uh, seem to. Uh, they allude to in episode two that he knows uh, a little bit of what's going on. Uh, he was actually the scientist. It's revealed that he was a scientist in uh, that was outside of the room where Gordon did his experiment. That actually threw the switch oh. to turn the experiment on, and he oh. actually had misgivings about uh, doing the experiment that day because everything wasn't a hundred percent right. Huh. So he's actually carrying a lot of guilt. You know, because he feels as if he if he would have uh, stood up a little bit more, uh, Black Mesa wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. So throughout the the uh, episode two, there's another experiment that they're doing. They're trying to launch uh, a rocket into space. And the whole time he's like, I hope this doesn't turn into another Black Mesa. He's carrying just a ton of guilt for what happened. Wow, that's very interesting. So are the Combines yeah. still around for uh, episode uh I guess two, because I'm assuming they're still kind of around in yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, they're still around. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you you take down the Death Star, but there's still, you know, right, stormtroopers right. on other planets and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, None of them are black, sense. though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure. Yeah, it's topical. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, very topical. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we get into the gameplay, which is probably the most memorable part about the game, um, was there any other uh, story highlights or characters that anybody wanted to bring up? Dog. We didn't talk about Dog. Dog was Yeah, cool. let's talk about Dog. Nice, big, uh, adorable robot that uh, bails you out a couple times, you know. Cool. Yeah, when cool, he's lifting uh, up the car and whipping it into large crowds, like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that there hasn't been a game yet where you could play Dog. You yeah, know. no moderator. Oh, yeah, something like that. You know, maybe Dog not simulator. first later. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nintendo has that. Uh, what, Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's close enough. That's close enough. I don't know. I always got excited when I saw a dog coming because I always knew he was gonna do something awesome. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I don't know well, if there is a time where you see him and he's not like flipping stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, the first time you run into him, too, in that junkyard, you could spend all day in that junkyard playing with him. Uh, like, he won't give up if you throw that ball around. As long as you keep it within the yard, he'll play with you all day. And you could, like, try to do baskets, and he'll, he'll just keep up with you. It's, it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. I was trying so hard to, to make a shot, and I just couldn't get it in the basket. I'm embarrassed to say.
All right, well, let's get uh, more in-depth into the controls then, because it's pretty much the highlight of the game for me, especially after coming off the first game. In the first game, there was a lot of frustrating things. Platforming was really difficult. Yeah, even climbing and, and going up and down ladders was, was, was difficult, but this game just seemed to get everything right. Now, I know we kind of touched on this earlier, so we really don't spend too long, but uh, overall, how did you feel about the, uh, the controls there, Jason? Uh, well, I loved them. I mean, of course, being a first-person fan. Um, there, I will say that there was one level. Um, it's that level where you're inside, you're underneath in the caves and in the sewer, and mm -hmm. you have to, there's this long ladder, right? Um, and you have to climb all the way down and then release a lever, and then the water comes up. And yes. there's a ladder, and you have to climb to the very top of the ladder, and you have to jump off the ladder onto pipes. Right. And R round pipes. <laughs> round pipes. Okay, so we all know that that spot. I swear, yep. I for the longest time, well, for one, I couldn't solve the puzzle in there. I was so frustrated. I that Me was too. a point. I, I actually walked away from the game. I was so mad. This doesn't ever really happen, but I fucking walked away from the game for like a month or two. I just could not turn it back on. I was so mad. Wow. But that's the only time in the game where the controls really messed with me and if that's the only thing wow that's pretty good yeah you know we wow. have a game that really does control nice um compared to the first one which was in comparison a nightmare yeah um, yeah the controls are great um the physics i mean oh my gosh the physics are so great the gravity yeah. gun what you can do in this world with with everything around you um it's just fantastic i loved them yeah it and is. like it's it's almost entirely interactive like Right. I'm very hard pressed to think of things that I wanted to touch or move or, you know, affect and I couldn't. Like everything you can you can do everything. It's Right, right. And that pipe level is fucking cuz you get there's one spot where it's like if you jump off, you can get on the pipe and then you got to like walk up an uphill pipe. <laughs> and there's no there's no way that is happening. <laughs> so then I'm like I was sitting there I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, "Come on, man. I got to climb this pipe." And then I noticed another spot where I could drop down on two smaller pipes that were sort of crossed. And I was like, if I jump down there and I fall between those pipes and I get stuck, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit was lost. For sure. But one saving grace, uh, even in, in the first game, too, was the, oh, that you could save anywhere. You're just one button and you could save. So you could stand there and try it over and over again until you right. get it right. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, I know I wouldn't have got through the first game. I love that save feature. It definitely had that going for it. And I love that you brought up that that water puzzle because that's the only part in the game that frustrated me. I just could not find that lever for some reason. I don't know what it was. And I was jumping around and trying to get on all these pipes and I just couldn't figure out. And it was so hard to get on those pipes that I thought this must not be what it, the, the correct thing to do because nothing else in the game requires that. But mm -hmm, that right. one part. Like yeah, you, in your head. Oh, Go I'm ahead. Sorry. No, like in your head, I'm thinking – no, they they don't <laughs> expect you to climb all the way down, jump through these pipes, navigate a pipe maze like I'm at fucking Chuck E. Cheese. No, 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 no. no. So that's what's going on in my mind. Like they don't expect you to yeah. do that, do they? Yeah. And then you jump down there, and, and you're like, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. You <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> fucking Half Life. You know. That's how. It was great though. It was great. Yeah, that puzzle took me a solid 20 minutes. Like, I just could not figure it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, what I what I do like about the puzzles in, in both Half-Life, though, is they're not... It, 
they're almost like problem solving. Um, and yeah. you know, what's the difference between puzzles and problem solving? Well, you know, a puzzle is like, okay, you're in a room and they give you like the, the tools to put together the puzzle. Right. And this one, it was always like, well, you already have the tools. You already have the gravity gun. You know, it's up to you to figure out how to use the gravity gun in order to move forward. And I always thought that was like very empowering, you know, cause you have, you have the gun, you, you know, it's like, okay, normally I wouldn't be able to move this rock, but I can now because I have this gravity gun and I can, and I can solve it. Right. Actually, could you just uh, tell the listeners just a little bit of what, what the gravity gun is? A uh, gravity gun is exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, a gun that allows you, what do they call it? Keep calling it zero displacement or zero yeah. G displacement device or something like that. They have something some big like long that. name. Uh, yeah. Basically, they all call it, mostly called it the gravity gun. You can pick up things with it, uh, things that you normally wouldn't be able to pick up. Uh, so like, you know, some heavier rocks and and pull in stuff from, from far away as well. Uh, there were many like, you know, times you see something up on a shelf and it's like, how do I get up there? And you don't have to get up there. You got a gravity gun, you can pull it right down. Right. Um, and, that, and a lot of the physics in the game was, was uh, based on that. And it made, like there's actually, Ravenholm, which is kind of like uh, the Resident Evil part of the game, the survival horror part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if I get into Ravenholm a little bit? No, go right so, ahead. Yeah, yeah, for it. Uh, you know, you can get through that entire area almost uh, like a survival horror. You can, you don't have to shoot any weapon. All you, all you need is a gravity gun, and they give you these uh, saw blades, which were very empowering to use. They were they were like these round circle blades that you would see in an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. You know, they would strap <laughs> up Daffy Duck to the to the wood and the they'd be he would be on a, a, a treadmill to the to the spinning blade. But yeah. you have these big blades and uh you can carry them with the gravity gun and shoot them at uh guys with the, the head crabs uh on their heads, which are which were basically zombies. I even think they referred to them as zombies in the game. Um but that was very fun to do. Very like that that whole part is is probably my favorite part in all of Half Life. They yeah. the, the physics are really showcased in Ravenholm when you're using the gravity gun because you can you can pin these guys to walls. You know yeah. what I mean? You shoot him with that, that that saw blade, you'll cut his head off. Like where you hit him, it's accurate to what it does, and mm-hmm. you'll stick. Like you'll if there's a guy up against the wall, you hit him with that. There's one guy who is the blade is in the wall. The guy's already cut in half, and when you pull the blade out, he like yeah. his body slumps down like the way yeah. I assume a real body would have cut in half and stuck to a wall <laughs> i don't have a lot of experience with that and even if you like it depends on where you hit them what kind of damage you'll do if you hit them and you don't hit the head crab for instance the head crab will just come flying off and then start yeah, attacking you oh that's wild. impressive that's pretty amazing stuff and, and this all goes back to to the source engine like you guys were saying before now you two guys grew up playing these games what were first-person shooters like before the Source Engine? Like, because I played the first Half-Life and it was nothing like this. Were there any other games that were similar to this before Half-Life Two? Hmm, that's a good question. Similar? I'm gonna say no. So I, really, I, I was mean, this Source Engine that sort of blew blew things up essentially? Then where you could pick I, up I things? So, yeah, yeah I, I, there was really nothing like it. Nothing wow. like it at all. The way that the player interacts in the world with you know, the tools you're given. I mean, that did not exist. And and it sounds so primitive when you talk about it now, but just saying to somebody that, you know, in this game, you can pick up a a can off the ground. You can go to a soda machine, press the button, a can will come out. You (laughs) can pick up that can and throw it. Maybe you (laughs) want to put it in the trash. Maybe you want to throw it. Maybe you want to shoot it. 
you can do that. That was mind blowing because it really hadn't been done. I mean, maybe there, I mean, maybe there were, I, I mean, I really don't know, but as far as, you know, mainstream gaming, no, man, I don't, I don't yeah, recall there, any game. There were hints of it in the first game. Like uh, you could turn on a microwave kind of thing and, and, right. you know, blow up someone's meal inside of the microwave, right. but not to the level in Half-Life 2. And, and just, just for, for a little tidbit or a little, uh, Easter egg thing. Uh, there at the end of Half Life Two, Episode Two, there's this uh, head scientist who's kind of like grumpy with you, and he's grumpy with everybody, but he really doesn't seem. He's got something against Gordon for some reason, and uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, he reveals that he doesn't like Gordon too much because uh, of his uh, burrito that you uh, overcooked uh, in the microwave. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally referring to that thing that you may or might not have done in the original Half Life. That's funny. funny. Wow. Yeah. Just shows the attention to the detail they put into their games. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow. Well, you brought up Ravenholm, and it was a creepy, creepy level. And it's it's sort of it's it's kind of like a like a rundown, kind of like a Bioshock Resident Evil feel, like you were saying. And uh, and it sort definitely stood out. Were there any other levels that stood out to you guys? Uh, personally, I think of uh, well, I know the Citadel really stood out, and I feel like the Citadel kind of used just like the intro did for the first game the citadel had a lot these these moments where you're you're riding around on something and you can look around but you're sort of stuck there and and they use that to to sort of show you the the underbelly of this city and i thought that was pretty powerful and it was pretty neat plus they strip all of your guns away and you're in your mm-hmm. left with just the gravity gun which i thought was pretty cool too but they powered it up a little bit and you could yeah more. like it could pick up the combine uh, uh guards and stuff which is really cool oh and like and mess them up like that yeah it's amazing <laughs> yeah because you know you, you play through like the whole game and you always say to yourself man i really wish i could just like pick up enemies like you in your head you're saying that to yourself like man i right. wish like, because you try it. You know, you try yeah. it. Everyone does. You're like, yeah. oh, damn, it won't pick them up. <laughs> then they give it to you, you know? Then at the end, they do. Yep. And it's just, it's honestly the best weapon in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I love that part of the game. Were there any other levels that stood out to you guys? How about uh, how about you, Enzi? Anything that uh, you encountered that you remembered? Um, on the, the sand trap, like right when you finish that driving level mm-hmm. and you have to walk through all the sand with the line, the sand lines coming at you. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that... That was just driving me nuts because I did not want to take the time to like move boxes and move crates so that I wouldn't touch the sand. And then I'd fall off and there'd be seven different guys attacking me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got so tired of that one real quick. Oh, yeah, I, I remember I, that. I, I won't forget that level anytime soon. Probably I don't have nightmares. know if uh, when you guys were kids, if you ever played that game where, you know, the ground was lava. <laughs> yep. and you had to totally. Like, yeah, totally. Like this totally just sort of let you. Yeah, it just yeah. let you relive it. You know what I mean? Like I was playing that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I love that level. I, oh, this is such a great game. Oh man, how about you, uh, Mister Heine? Any levels that stood out? Um, I always, I always really enjoyed the buggy levels oh, where right. you, you know, you raced around yep. in that in that buggy, but not necessarily because you're in the buggy. Because I mean, I love. I love vehicle and car games and racing games stuff. And the, the buggy was awesome, but it wasn't even about like the driving part. Like that was fun. And you know, like the boat that, that was fun. But what it was is it was just the levels that you're in. So you're driving around and you're, you're outside now. And yeah. I think maybe because we were so in, we were so, you know, inside the whole game, like we were in right. sewers and underground and we can't go above because everyone's up there. And finally we get to be, 
outside and I can see the blue sky and the clouds and the hills and you can see in the background like you know the chaos happening and stuff and you're driving around but then you you stop and you get out and you go to this vantage point and you look at this like you know this compound and and you get to zoom in and you get the crossbow with the rebar on it and you zoom in and and you're like, oh, look at all these combine soldiers, and you you plan your attacks to take them out, and something about just you know the grass and, and the water. Oh my God! If you ever look over the side, the water it was beautiful, and there was so much depth there, and my God, it was just very so much atmosphere there, and it it was great, man. I just I really enjoyed that whole scene, and it's a pretty long scene too. You know, you you drive quite some time with that buggy. Um, going around to different things and solving problems as you go through the compounds and and trying to turn the power on for this and for that and find a way to eliminate that force field to get your buggy through so you can continue and wow it's just so great I mean that that I mean other than the ones you guys have mentioned because I agree completely with you guys right, um, right that that section of the game really stood out to me I just love getting out and and like walking up like the grassy hill and just like looking around like whoa this is cool yeah. up here <laughs> you know yeah. You're right. It's just another example of, of another innovation they put into this game just to to keep you having fun. Like it, it made this balance of indoors, crawling through things, getting around things, figuring things out. And now you're outside and you have to do kind of the same thing, but it's in a completely different environment, completely different tactics. Yeah, it's I mean, how really easy helped. how easy would it have been for them to say like that level with a speedboat, you know? Okay, you're on the boat. Stay in the water. That's it. You stay in the water. But they don't. You can get off right. on any of those islands, and there's things. They're not just empty. There's things there. You know what I mean? They they yep. put so much love into this game. Yeah, you can get out. There's certain places where there's there secrets and and things that you can look for. Like mm-hmm. it's not just go from A to B. It's find things along the way too. You know. Yeah, those levels really helped keep the game fresh. Like it it never felt stale because you're always doing something different. You could find stuff along the way. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? As I was driving that buggy, I, w- I remember thinking, I can't wait to hear what Jason Heine says about this because I was struggling at, at certain points driving. And I was like, I bet you Jason can do this without even looking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it takes a little, it takes a little bit to master, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, you can master it. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, and that airboat. I love that airboat. <laughs> but yeah, all right. I love, so I, any, I uh, love that. La- I love all the lagginess of it too. Like if you hit like. And the airboat, though, if you hit something, sometimes it goes like straight up in the air, and you're like, "When am I gonna land?" Yeah. Right, right, right. Ah, oh, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, I'm facing the wrong way. When am I gonna land? I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> well, yeah. if there's one thing in the game that it's not short on, it's uh, it's weapons. So uh, let's talk a bit about all the weapons in the game. Maybe the ones that we use more or or less. Um, I know my personal favorite throughout was the handgun. I just, I loved the handgun in the first game. So I was thinking I was going to like it for the second one. And the second one was so much better than in the first game. I don't know what it is, just with the accuracy and, and yeah. being able to, to That's to what it hit. is. It has, it has a lot of range. And you're using yeah. the uh, machine guns or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of kickback. So you can snap off those shots like really quick with the handgun and, and get a lot more range. I love that. And yeah. and the funny thing is, you're right. It sort of became my sniper rifle because you could, yeah. wherever you were pointing, you were going to hit. And it's cheap ammo. It's all over the place. You always have something for it. So, right. Yeah, right. It's a great weapon. Love that gun. Well, is, was that your favorite too, Kev, or did you have a different one? Oh, other than the gravity gun, yeah. That's the one I use the most. I love, actually, I love the crossbow. The crossbow is, uh, it's pretty cool. you can, yeah, you can uh, 
uh, pin guys onto walls and that too with uh, with that, which is kind of a, a I think it was done in Painkiller before that. There was a weapon like that in Painkiller, but uh, this was like you know all the way on the other side of the map in those open world areas. You can pin. There was one where you can pin a guy right up against the an advertisement sign, and he's like you know got to be uh, two hundred <laughs> yards away, and uh, it's really cool, really fun weapon. Wow, that's use. pretty cool. Never yeah, I can, hear the, I can hear the sound right now. Just. Yeah, <laughs> and when it loads, yeah. and actually the the uh, the I'm gonna steal everyone's answers because I love this game so much. So, the machine, the machine gun too, the car, the uh, uh, carbine uh, machine gun, how it would reload with that. Doot, doot, doot. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, I yeah, just that was I so love cool. that. That was a great gun overall, actually. Yeah, I love that gun. How about you, Enzi? What was your favorites? Um, well, you know, I have to agree with most of what's been said. Like that uh, that handgun. Um, see, I was actually playing on PC with an Xbox controller. Because oh, I, crazy. Yeah, you guys are probably going to make fun of me for not using the keyboard. No. But... Get the fuck <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I, I've gr I grew up playing Halo on Xbox, right? So that's what's natural to me. So I could take that handgun and I could pull that trigger so fast. I was just constantly unloading on guys. Right. So I found I could get a lot of quick kills with that. And that, that crossbow was so much fun, too. But I felt I didn't use it as much because I was never sure when I'd get more ammo to refill it. So I wanted to yeah. save it just in case oh, I needed it for something. Yeah. yeah. The RPG conundrum. I can't use my yeah. potions. I don't know if I'm going to need them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, when I, we're talking about the weapons, though, it's like, yeah, we're talking about the pistols. You know, we, we're talking about there's three pistols in the game also. There's you know, there's it's, yeah, yeah. The, the Magnum. Oh, yeah, like the there's, there's like right. a 45, which is just like a real quick, quick pull on the trigger. Um, and then we have like a, a Deagle, pretty much, so like a Magnum or right. a Deagle, um, which shoots, well, slower, but it's more accurate. And then we have, which I think is what you guys are talking about. It's like the old revolver, the six shooter. Mm. Which no, is I, I, I'm not even, I didn't even, I don't even think I got that. I only got two handguns through it. The game. Yeah, I only had, I only had two as well. Really? I had I had the one you yeah. start with, which looks like a, a, a Glock, um, but it's gray. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I got the, I think it it was I thought it was the 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 desert. Or I thought it was a Magnum, but it was it, maybe it's a six shooter that you're talking about because it is a six shooter with the the, the spinning revolver like a cowboy. Yeah. Almost. Those are the only two I got. So there's another yeah. one. Yeah, I had those two as well. Yeah, fucking, it's accurate as hell. Fucking Valve hiding guns on us. No. <laughs> Well, well that's now, another I'm thinking point. I'm thinking maybe they maybe it's not in the maybe it's in a, another episode that they introduce it. I don't know which one they introduce it in, but I know that there's three total. There are weapons that are hidden uh throughout the game. Like even in the first game, there's an MP5 that you can get. Uh, I don't know how. I, I I just I've seen guys on walkthroughs uh, uh using the MP5 and I'm like, I don't know where they got that gun, and I by the time I go and play the game, I just don't care anymore because yeah. you know I got other weapons that I like better. So it stands yeah. to reason that a game with this much depth and this much stuff, you know, strewn about the place that there would be weapons and things that you would have, you would have to go look for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, um, Oh my gosh, what was I about to say? Uh, actually Kevin, yeah. While just while you're bringing up uh, the first game, I noticed in the first game, they had a lot more, uh, supernatural weapons. Like mm, you could get yeah. those, those really weird alien guns, and I was kind of expecting that to show up in this one too, and I didn't really find that. Did well, you, were you, you got, thinking the same thing? You got the uh, 
the sack, <laughs> you know, when he gets to right, squeeze the right. sack for the for the sand lines. But yeah, other than that, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, there's really nothing else. <laughs> You want to squeeze my sack? What's happening? You guys guys didn't squeeze the sack? Oh, my God. I squeezed the sack like a hundred (laughs) times. Wow. What game is this? Sign me up. What game is this? Have you sent me a mod? Yeah. I'm squeezing the sack right now. Does that count? I didn't get that. I didn't get that DLC. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right, though. That was one of the better weapons in the first game was that... um, it was kind of, it was like a little mini machine gun kind of thing that had about eight yeah. shots and it would yeah. trace to to the uh, to the enemies a little bit and right. it would automatically refill on its own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there wasn't uh, wasn't too many supernatural ones in this one. No, I was surprised by that. Yeah, maybe it didn't fit thing, the narrative. I don't know. Maybe another thing I noticed um, from the first of this one was that the the underwater monsters that were in the first game those terrifying things that would charge at you god yeah. i hated them you see them you see one of them in a in a at the very start of this game when you first teleport and you're seeing all these different scenes of things and that monster comes at you right before it ends mm-hmm. um but you don't see them throughout the game or at least i didn't so uh let's i don't know let's, i figured we should take a minute here to talk about the monsters anyway but uh did you see that monster anywhere throughout the game other than that one cutscene, or are they in episode one or two no, they're you don't see them at all. It's just in that one weird. cutscene. Isn't that weird that they would make that graphic just for that one purpose? Well, there really isn't that much deep water in this what? game. Why is that weird? Because they spend so much time wrapping everything else up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just one more question. <laughs> yeah, it's so but strange. Anyway, if I would leave this one untied, uh, this one loose string at the end of the game here. Yeah. <laughs> Fair we'll enough. take a look Fair at the enough. game code. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> find the answers. That's well, how you have to the, find answers, yeah. The reason why a lot of the strange uh, beings were coming into our world, or whatever world Gordon's in, in the first game was that end boss, right? That end boss was messing everything up. He was throwing, uh, spitting out portals everywhere, and that's where these beings would come from. So the theory, I guess, is that after Gordon takes care of that, uh, it's not going to be any more random beasts, right? Although, but you still have barnacles everywhere, and true. That's all. I, I don't know. Yeah, you plot hole. You found it, man. No, I didn't even mean to. <laughs> Yo, good work. Way to go. I, I was just I the whole game. game the whole <laughs> <laughs> the whole game on pins and needles because I hated those things in the first one, and I'm like, okay, I drop into these mines. Like, you know, I don't know if you remember that after Ravenholm, and mm-hmm. there is a small water scene. I'm like, oh my god, that thing is going to be in here and it's going to eat me. But it never came, and I was the whole game. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> well, even those probably... those uh, big guys with the with the arm in the middle of them, they weren't in this game at all either. Yeah, that's I can't, true. I can't remember their names either. I'm horrible yeah. with names. You haven't figured out now. <laughs> that must you know, be why they put them in the uh, in that scene. There is just so that they can keep you on the edge of your seat while you're playing, just to yeah, get you a little bit closer to to blowing your crap in your pants. There, <laughs> it worked. I'll tell you that. But uh, all right, well, let's talk, take a minute to talk about all the enemies in the game, um, especially the Combine. I, what did you guys think about the the graphic that they used for the Combine soldiers? I thought that was pretty cool. Um, or any of the monsters in general, what did you guys think? How about you, P1? Any that stood out to you? My favorite stage, weapon, and monster are all located in the same area, um, and it's Ravenholm. And up until that point, like you, everybody else, I love the handgun. Um, mm-hmm. Gravity Gun was a lot of fun. But it still mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite because um, it's it's such an unrelenting 
you know, I have to go, go, go. Like the the drive is there. Up to that point, you hit Ravenholm, and you're like, I can take a breather. Things have slowed down, and it's like the, you know, it's like the the fire swamp in Princess Bride. You know, there's there's only three things I have to worry about: the zombies, the platforming, and the little black motherfuckers, the little black spider. <laughs> you know, I don't think they exist. <laughs> and. So, Buddy gives you that shotgun, and I'm like, okay, cool, I, I probably won't use this. And then you meet the guy, I don't know what they're called, but it's the one that walks around with all the little spiders on his body, mm-hmm. yeah. and he throws them at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, then, and I'm playing, and I'm like, up to, up to this point, I'm pretty proficient with the handgun. And, uh, you know, I'm Ravenholm is so atmospheric, and it's so good. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite zones ever in any video game. Yeah. It's how every survivor horror, like, they should just make... Take Ravenholm and sell me it for sixty bucks. It's a survival horror game. I'll buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Call it Resident Evil Seven. Um, but, uh, so I'm playing. I'm like, okay, I got the shotgun, and I very rarely use shotguns in any game. Um, and then I, I run. I come across you know this guy, and he's and you don't you don't see him at first. You hear him, and it's like yeah. he's down an alley where there's no light. So I turn my flashlight on, and I see him, and then he sees me, and then I turn my flashlight off. <laughs> you know, and I'm like. Hey, maybe they didn't see me. And then <laughs> these things just start come flying. As I'm panicking, and I can't. When I'm panicking, I can't hit with the handgun. So switch to the shotgun. Give me that spray. You know what I mean? But uh, that that is my most frustrating and favorite enemy because he actually got like a reaction. Like I, I was literally like panicking for buttons. My fingers forgot where the the number three was or whatever button it was. The shotgun. <laughs> uh, I was, That's and that cool. was you know a character, an enemy in a game that made me literally jump like I actually had a, like I, I I really did it was the light was on I saw him and I just turned the light off and I just sat there and I thought to myself I'll be alright <laughs> you know he didn't see me he didn't yeah. see shit <laughs> I was a little kid again pulling the blankets up over my head <laughs> you know so that was my favorite my favorite enemy right on yeah those guys were creepy yeah and those little, like, those little black spiders they just blend in man yeah. you don't see them and like and then you just hear like you just hear tick 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 it's like ah fuck me <laughs> the sound that they make, though, that sound that like, it sounds like a shaker's going off, and it's just then they then they fly at you. It's yeah. oh, it's so creepy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and when I they're coming it. at you, like there's you're not hitting them it, with the shotgun. Maybe if you're in the right direction, but they are coming. <laughs> yeah. And they hit you, and all of a sudden your health is at one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like what is going? Like oh, oh yeah, man. yeah. I suppose if a. Uh, a, a black spider with four daggers for legs jumped on my face and started to stab me in the in the throat and chest. <laughs> yeah, those things sucked. Yeah. <laughs> how about uh, how about you, NZ? Any that stood out to you? You know, I gotta say the exact same thing. Those black little spiders. Oh, yeah. Like I, there was at one point I wasn't expecting it. I didn't have my audio up, so I couldn't even hear them coming. Right. I'm just playing. I'm walking, and then. I think I almost threw my controller because of how bad it scared me. Like it just bam, mm-hmm. one health, and then I got hit by something else and died instantly. And I just couldn't figure out what happened. Yeah. Oh, those guys! I just—if I never see another one again, I will be perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah, they were creepy. There's a scene. I think I think it's a Nova Prospect. I'm not 100 percent though. Um, you go behind this one wall, and there's this blood trail leading into like the shower area. And you go in there, mm-hmm. and there's one of those guys in there. And it's like the only yeah. time that he shows up in that level, but he's in there. <laughs> you go in, you think you found a secret, and he just chucks the spider at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was walking through there, and I'm like, oh, there's just like, I didn't have my flashlight on, so I couldn't see him. I could, I could just see uh, there was someone there. I didn't know what it was. So my Kate blasted with a shotgun. I guess I, I missed one of them or something. Jumps off, dead. Yeah. What? Wow. Like, oh, yeah. wow. And then, yeah, even was- if you kill the guy that's carrying them, 
Yeah. They're still alive. They oh, just yeah. jump off. They just yeah. get off. They're like, oh, okay. This Find is our stop. Well, now there's four of us, bitch. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, good job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you, Jason? Any uh, any memorable enemies for you? Well, of course, I agree completely um, with the spiders and all that. Um, the sound always freaked me out with that. I uh, hated that. But, uh, you know, another enemy in, in Ravenholm that really stood out that I still get freaked out about are those those really fast running fuckers and they come right at you and they yeah. scale anything. They yeah. scale buildings. They'll right. fucking jump over the citadel to get to you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but those yeah. things and, and the sound that they make, I wish I had mm-hmm. a, a soundboard to just let you guys hear it. But the, the yeah. sound is just, it, it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> and I know that when that's happening, I know they're they're coming to get me. And, oh, remember that in Ravenholm when you're on the you're on like the rooftops and you have to hold mm-hmm. the shit down while your like cart is coming up, and oh, yeah. they're climbing up the pipes and the oh, pipes, are shaking, the pipes are shaking. And you hear the yeah. you hear the clanking of the pipes and you look down and the pipe is fucking shaking. You're like, yep. oh my god, no! <laughs> How many can there be? <laughs> I know, and they they do not stop. And wow. oh my god, I just got goosebumps just talking about it. Those things they freak me and out. The fir- and the first time you see them. They're just in the distance, and you see them jumping across the rooftops. You know? Yeah, yeah and you're like, how am I going to hit this thing? Yeah, what the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You so know? those guys really stood out to me, for sure. And, you know, another another thing, even taking it back to, like, the, like the plot and, and how they designed this game, another kind of first for this game was having enemies that were dynamic like this. Prior to this game, we really didn't have dynamic enemies, per se. Like, we didn't really have, like a tiered enemy so like combine soldiers in city 17 were you know almost like the grunts right they were just there mm-hmm. they're doing their work yeah. um you know screwing around and and doing this and doing that and then when you get into like the citadel they're like they're all dressed in white they got yeah. more powerful weapons and they're smarter they've got mm-hmm. shields they're throwing nades so we have this dynamic enemy tier like tree where we hadn't really ever seen that I don't think, you know, to that extent where enemies are more difficult, they're smarter. Like if you throw a grenade at them, they'll like run the other way. Like, oh shit, yeah, move out, move out, move out. There's a grenade. They'll even, you'll even hear them. They'll yell and be like, grenade, grenade, grenade. Like, yeah. wow. You know, so that was really, really neat with the whole, you know, enemy dynamics I thought was a first and very, very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Cause they weren't just, they weren't just blindly running at you. You know what I mean? They weren't just standing right. there walking a pad. Like they, it was almost like, you know, it's almost like you're playing against other people playing as these enemies. Right. Yeah. Because like, they do. They Like you said, they react. They're smart. They're not just... It's like Valve created Skynet. Coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, another one that stood out to me, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, War of the Worlds with... Uh... Tom Cruise? Oh, my gosh. Tom, thank you, Tom Cruise. But uh, they're those Striders. tripod things. Yeah, and they're Striders, called the Striders yeah. in, in half Oh, yeah. Those things were pretty cool too. Taking those down was actually pretty tough. Yeah, and the oh, sound that they forget. when when they're shooting at you, and then you got you wait for the sound to finish to yep. peek out from around the corner and throw a missile at them, and then get back into cover <laughs> right. and wait for them to shoot again. Yeah, those things are yeah. great, and even the sound they make when they die or when they're looking for you and that. Oh yeah, those things are cool. Those were cool. How about you, Kev? Were there any others that stood out to you? Well, um, five shots in the first game to take them down with the handgun. Oh, Seven I shots. In the in the second game to take him down with the handgun and so stupid barnacles. The yeah. first time I ran into one in the first game, it traumatized me. I was like, "What the hell is happening? I don't know why I'm flying all of a sudden." And then yeah. I hear this like this 
evil laughter. And I'm like, what's going on? I look up and there's teeth mauling me. And I'm like, oh my God. So every barnacle I've seen, every time I play this game, I see barnacles, I take them out. I don't care how much ammo I'm wasting. (laughs) I am not running into them. They are dead to me. Same here. They are creepy. I remember in the first game, when you first encounter them, you come to this spot where you're there's there's a platform on one side of water and a platform on the other side of water. And I had no idea how to get across this water. So I've seen these ropes hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, it's pitfall, bitches. Yeah. Let me like, swing oh. on this. Yeah, I'll just swing across <laughs> this. So I get on it, and I'm like, oh, awesome. It's taking me up. <laughs> I figured out what to do. No. <laughs> so, yeah, what these things are is they hang on the ceiling. They drop their tongue down. You run into them. They suck you up and eat you, essentially, for everybody who hasn't, hasn't seen these before. And they're creepy. Yeah, there was and, actually uh, in, in Half-Life 2, there was there was a dark cor- uh, corridor that you go down and you could see the glowing light of the of the uh, med kit. So I'm like, oh, great, I need some health. And you're running like full throttle into there. And then you just stop because you see two gray tongues hanging down like, oh, got me again. <laughs> oh, I hate those things. And you can take yeah. them out with one hit with the uh, with the uh, crowbar if you get up there and you're right up to them. Oh, you gotta get oh, up yeah. there first. But I, yeah, I'm not going up there. I'm not making the trip. Yeah, I was the same way. I, I like that they'll like yeah. they don't care what it is. They're gonna eat anything. So you can like even throw the barrels in there, the explosive yeah. barrels, and then they'll start sucking that up, and you can shoot that, and it explodes yeah. and kills them, and then you feel like a champ. Yeah, like, oh, I dude, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, like throw the barrel down there. I, I shoot it twice with the pistol, and it catches on fire. Because you know, there's two there's two parts of the explosive barrels. Right, you can shoot them like full on, like four shots, and it'll blow it up. Or shoot it like twice, and it catches on fire, and then blows up maybe three seconds later. Yep. And so it's so rewarding to just I just throw roll the barrel down there, do 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 do, and there I watch it. I hear it starting to go up. Shoot it twice, and I sit there just like a kid in the candy store. I'm like listening, like okay, boom. And it's, why is that so rewarding? I'm like yes, so good. You're right. It is. It rewarding. Feels great. Yeah. I just picture Gordon lighting the smoke. Bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever happen to get the uh, the combine caught in there? No. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I had a few times where I'd get the, I'd somehow manage to get a soldier to walk under there and just watch. That was even more rewarding, just watching the soldier go, or the combine soldier just go up and get eaten. Mm-hmm. And I can know that I caused his suffering death of being eaten alive. <laughs> it's awesome, too, because they'll spit out like, a, a fully chewed up skull and yeah. a leg or something like they'll spit that back out it's hilarious yep it's like yeah he's like spitting out bones you know like he just scooped right. all the meat off the skull and just spit out the bone there's yeah. not like there's not even there's not i can't i can't think of a an enemy that i encountered that i thought oh this is stupid even the little i don't know the, sc- the screamers the little buzzsaw guys that fly down the tunnel like yeah it's just a, it's just a chainsaw on wings essentially you know yeah. I mean, you hear those coming and you're like, ah, fuck me. Where's it coming? Because you're the yeah. you, first time you see those, you're like in the sewers and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? It's high, It's coming at you from behind pipes and things. Like yeah. all of the enemies in this game, they, they just, they put so much, put so much effort, so much effort into it. Like Valve just, yeah. you know, if they're, if they're going to take their time and it's going to take 14 years for the next one, that's okay by me. You know, because <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I know. And you know what's funny is we say that now because we just got on. Can you imagine? Yeah. If this were ten years ago. Yeah, I, like you're hurting. Well, it's like it's like Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? I read the books as they were coming out. I waited. I waited seven years for the fifth book. You know, and people that are mm. watching the show now are like, "Oh, come on, these books are gonna get cut up." And I'm like, 
Buckle up. <laughs> You're gonna exact get same point. Pack yeah. a lunch. Yeah. It's a long wait. <laughs> there is definitely a happy medium be- between somewhere between getting uh, Call of Duty every year and getting a Half Life game every 13 years. Like we gotta we gotta meet in the middle somewhere here. Right, you know? right. Yeah, there has has to be a happy medium here. Yep. All right. Well, one other enemy I wanted to bring up because it'll actually get us into our next section too is those. Um, uh, the guys that have the head crabs on them already, and if you light them on fire, they sort mm-hmm. of scream and cry, and and they're crying out and they're asking for help and all these other things, and it's it's blood curdling, like it's creepy. Yeah, it is. And, well, and you, still, you know that's uh, that's human voices uh, backwards. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow, yeah. nice. Uh, you know what? I, I learned that on the Easter egg hunter. Shout out to the Easter egg hunter. He <laughs> <laughs> did that on his last uh, Halloween thing. It, it, I had no idea that was a thing. But yeah, they're saying like, "Help me," yeah. or uh, "Or I'm burning," or "Let me die." It's all. It's human voices backwards. That is. That's so why it's. Cool. Yeah, that's why it sounds so eerie. Yeah, it's. It, it, oh man, that fucks me up though. Because you like them on fire. It, it almost sounds like they're begging you for like. It's like, why yeah. don't you love me? Yeah, <laughs> you, know? yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh my oh, god, I don't want to die. You know, and then I'm thinking to myself, I could shoot it. But I don't want to waste the ammo. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like it Sorry, will die you're eventually. Have to tough here. that one out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna put on some music, pal. You uh, good luck with all that burning. <laughs> That's a great point. It, it shows you how powerful the sound was that it almost made you consider wasting some bullets on a monster that you know is about to die. But just to put it out of its misery, you almost think about doing it. Yeah. Like that's that's just supposed to show how powerful the sound is. It made me feel bad. You kind of feel them bad. Them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Like that's that's oh, pretty. Fuck impressive. man, I let that guy on fire. That sucks. That's a shitty way to go. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you feel bad for the person because you know, like the head crab jumped on that person, but that was a normal person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, damn. You know what a way to go. It really sucks. Yeah, that's right. That's just a guy, and the head crab is like, okay, well now you're mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks. It is. I feel like a you know what's crazy is I knew about that. Uh, you know the the voice being played backwards. I already knew about that because I looked into the code. No way! <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. Fucking Valve convoluted code. This <laughs> has been looking into this for ten years. That's yeah. Right. yeah, and I can't believe it. You know, you got to be a fucking programmer to know anything about the game. <laughs> line by line. <laughs> Well, with that said, uh, in the sound department, was there any uh, soundtracks? Like, what did you guys feel about the overall sound department? Actually, let's start with uh, our audio file here, Mr. Jason Heine. Yeah, I mean, the soundtrack is excellent. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. You know, this has sparked, like, lots of kind of controversy throughout the years. You know, people have always kind of gone back and forth with, well, it should have been more, like, cinematic or... Um, you know, more like an orchestral type score, this and that. Um, but for me personally, I I enjoyed the kind of change of pace where they went more of an electronic, um, in some cases kind of techno, um, and very yeah. type groovy stuff throughout the game. And I, I really enjoyed it throughout. And you know, if when the game came out, I believe it was the, there was a gold edition that they released. And if you bought huh. that gold edition, you will get an actual physical copy of the soundtrack of the game, no which way. is very rare today, and it sells for a ton of money, and it's, you know huh. people are going crazy for it. But that was a really really cool thing. I mean, I mean they're proud of it, and I think they should should have been. It's a great soundtrack. That is pretty impressive. I didn't know about that gold edition, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did uh, Enzi? What did you think about the sound overall? You know, I'll be honest. The sound, I thought it, it just blended like it fit the 
general atmosphere of the game so well that there was a lot of points where I didn't even notice that there was like music in the background at all. Right. Yeah, it really does start to set the tone. It like it just fit in so perfectly. I didn't even have a second thought that oh yeah, someone actually had to add that music. That's not just the normal sound. Right. Um. Yeah. The the music I thought was very like I. I actually had to go back and listen to it separately on its own just to actually get a sense, like a feel for it. Um, I thought it was a really well done job. Um, like I wouldn't have picked any other songs to replace it. Like it just, like I've said, it just blended so well. Yeah. Just like everything else in this game, just another you know cherry on the top. <laughs> it's a it's a testament to how how well the soundtrack itself and the sound effects. Like, none of it takes you out of the game. There's no jarring moment where you're like, that doesn't sound right, that doesn't feel right. It, right. it all just seems so natural, like, that's the way it should be, you know? Yep. When I light homeless people on fire, that's how they sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like on fire backwards. That's right. <laughs> and I think about yep. shooting them, and I'm like, no, no, we did. <laughs> and I remember even, every time you throw a grenade, it makes kind of like a like a beeping sound. I don't even know how to describe it, but it, it sounds so cool. And they're, and they, and they made up all these sound effects specifically for this game. And they all just fit so well. Just the attention to detail was, was just outstanding. Yeah. The yeah, gun th sounds is one thing that really stood out to me. Like I could hear when the combine were around the corner, I could tell what guns they were shooting. So I would know where to go for ammo. Right. Yeah. That's right. That makes sense. Uh, just to mention the, the grenade too, what I always loved about it is you could uh, pinpoint where the grenade is by that sound. You know, yeah. like there's this thing in games now where they throw a grenade at you and they give you a little circle just so you could tell where the grenade is. Half-Life 2, you can just, just by hearing it, you knew where it was. Exactly. And they put a nice red light on it. So <laughs> that too. Saw it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I always thought that was way more effective than putting something on the screen to tell you where it is. Yeah, I agree completely, and it stood out big time for me because I've never ever had that experience in a game until this. So, another, Just, one last thing I want to mention about the soundtrack before we move on from it is go ahead. Um, another thing about it that I thought was brilliant is I thought it was so good because it wasn't throughout the whole game. Right, right. You know, they they knew that the way that they they basically designed the story around the soundtrack as well like they they knew when to put it in to to take that moment to the next level and yep. to not have any music and just have the ambience of wherever you're standing and and everything going on that that is so amazing and then they 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 just tuck in some of the soundtrack at these very important moments in the game and it makes it that much more important because you're like Oh damn! Like there's a song happening here. Mm -hmm. This is this must be a very uh, an epic part of the game, right. and you start to take notice, and you realize, okay, something's going down here. I really need to pay attention and get into it. Like wow, to 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 do that and to have the game play like that, I thought was was brilliant. So, you know, to have the soundtrack in and then not in parts like that was was brilliant. It's it's definitely the it's definitely an example of uh, less is more. Yep. Yeah. Totally. And and the sound effects too. Like I mean, I I've had these sound effects in my head for the past. I don't know what is it. We're getting on 15, 16 years now, right. and it's you know like everything in this game is like it's not a sound that you hear in another game. You know when you uh, when you push a button to, on something, it's it's that Half Life sound of pushing a button. Yeah, you know right. you don't hear that in it. And when you do hear it, when you do hear somebody, another developer use that. 
uh, in, in their game, you're like, no, you're you can't use that. That's Half Life sound. How oh, dare you touch funny. that sound? You know, even like uh, powering up the uh, HEV suit, uh, uh, health. I mean, that little like I mean, yeah. What other game is, is does that sign that you're you're healing yourself? You know, but uh, it works in Half Life's world. Imagine how like how talented their sound team must have been because even if, even thinking of the monsters you know none of the sound like the sounds that come out of those creatures the guys that we were talking about earlier Jason mentioned the jump on the roofs the little black spider guys they sound organic you know what I mean yeah. it sounds right. like they mm-hmm. went out and they recorded the sounds of these things in their natural habitat and if they fucking <laughs> did I don't want to know where they're at <laughs> I don't want to travel there yeah <laughs> It's unique, that's why. You know, it's not something like when you throw a grenade and you hear that little tick, tick, tick. That's that's uh, exclusive to Half-Life. You know, it's not like the sound of metal uh, rolling around or something like that that exactly. you would hear in another game. Not that it's wrong to do that in other games. So it's not wrong for other games to do that. But it makes it special. It makes it unique to Half-Life. Just one of those things. Another thing to add to their roster. Yeah. Uh, as well as, I mean, the soundtrack was great. The sounds were great. But just as great were the graphics. And going from Half-Life 1 to this, I was blown away. I didn't even think I was going to be able to get through Half-Life 2 because the first Half-Life was so dark and and, and just kind of dreary. But when I turned this on, and you can actually make things out. Everything was detailed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very bright game, yeah. Very bright compared to the first. And uh, yeah, just overall, uh, from start to finish, the graphics I found were were, were top-notch. Um, even like it, looking off in the distance, you could see far away in the distance. Whereas the first one, you could see the room you were in, maybe, and, and it just showed to me because I wasn't playing first-person shooters back then. I didn't know how much of a leap this was, but you guys were. Um, did you guys notice that this was as graphical leap as it seems to me as it was to you guys back then when you were actually playing it? I, I would say it, it was what stuck out was how different it was because games were going to the darker, more bleaker look and feel. Um, like even when you're outside in City 17 and even though there's like a bit of a, a cloud cover because the Citadel is, is drawing in those clouds, right. you still get the feeling that you're outside because it's bright enough to be outside. You know, yes. you can still yeah. see really far away. Um, I think it's those kind of things that stood out. And then all the... Uh, you know, the facial animations, the facial features. I mean, look at some, like, this was 2004. Yeah. Uh, a PC game, 2004. Look at, you know, what was on on the PS2, on the GameCube. You know, it was really uh, ahead of its time, you know, uh, all the character models and that, just to get expressions and stuff like that. Even right. having Alex's eyebrows move. I mean, that was kind of unique to that game at that time. It's on par with some PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 games. I don't yeah. know if they've done yeah. like an HD upscale or whatever on Steam, but it like it looks it looks like it could have been a PS3 game. You know what I mean? Well, the version good. the version you get on Steam now is the orange box version. Even if you buy the game separately on its own, it's the upgraded to 1080p. Version. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, just I was blown away overall, and I'm happy to hear that it wasn't just sort of my my thoughts on the game that this was actually leaps ahead. For, for most people at that time, no matter what, not just playing it now. Yeah, think of terms of uh, maybe uh, the version that you have now is like um, uh, a version of uh, Ratchet and Clank uh, on the PS3. You know, oh, what do you okay. call them? The remastered. It's remastered. Uh, okay. 
but they don't they didn't go in and like you know let's add more textures or let's add more facial expressions or anything like that it's just the the game as it was in widescreen 1080p right on actually i had mine running in uh 1440p oh <laughs> really yeah really? i had a because I like I got the uh, the 27 inch iMac with that 1440p display, and I figured, you know what, I might as well see if this will work. And yeah, it upscaled to 1440p, and I had it looking beautiful. Should I gotta try wow. that? Wow, nice. We should call you Sir NZ then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Were there any other thoughts on the graphics department? It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, just lastly, I guess on um, you know the Source Engine is quite an engine i mean so many i mean literally hundreds of mods have been made off of it and so many games based around it that still even use some of the physics and stuff today um it was a revolutionary game engine and i think we all are just we get to have that it's such a treat it really is yeah. yeah i mean they were still uh using it all the way up to portal 2 and that game came out in 2012 2011 mm -hmm. 2012 mm -hmm. i mean wow. for an engine to last that long that is unheard of do you yeah. uh, jason or kevin do either of you know are they going to use the source engine for half-life 3 or are they building like source 2 oh. we don't even know if they're making half-life 3 there's you no know, like they're not they haven't been working on it for 10 years once you valve know, once valve hears this podcast they'll start making it uh, well, <laughs> I, I, so, uh, I heard some rumors that they had been working on a Source 2 engine and there was some code lying around that had pointed to a Left 4 Dead 3 or something. Yeah, I did hear about that as so well. It, mm, yeah. It's rumored that the Source 2 is on the way, but who knows how long that will be. That's here's like here's the thing. Like, this is, this is a really... And you don't think about it, but this is a really big topic. And Let me just, just briefly break it down to how this will play out. Think of, let's think about this. We have a game that uses the source engine, all right? And it's great. It's fantastic. We all love it. But how much time has elapsed now? And how much further has technology gone? Mm -hmm. Can't now if if they're going to make a game, a Half-Life 3, if, if they're going to really do it, are they going to use the original source engine? The answer is no. Why? Because they don't go backwards. Right. Yeah. They, they, they they just they cannot do it. You cannot release a new game today with old technology. You can't do it. Unless well, it's so, Call of Duty. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's, <laughs> unless it's Call of Duty. Very good point. You know, re rehash it. But even even still the the problem is is that everyone is gonna want Half Life three to look and feel like the other Half Lives. The reality of it is that it won't. I don't think that it will because of a new game engine now i'm not saying that's bad because right. I, I i don't i'll be jumping for joy when they announce it or bring it out if they ever do but the thing is it's going to be like i'm not saying it's going to be like a duke forever but i am going to say that we are going to run into roadblocks with people because what a source two or a new new maybe they're creating an entirely new game engine for it which would not surprise me in the least if that's mm. what they're doing. But I know that we're going to have a Half-Life 3 that is going to be like, you know, the bastard child of, of the family because it's going to be completely different. New game engine, right. new audio engine, new physics engine. And I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying it's going to be different. And you know how yeah. people are with things that are different. People don't know sure. really how to handle that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm a little worried about it, but either way, I'm excited. I'm just, that's, that's a serious topic that I... I think once it gets announced, 
watch everything blow up with that. Like, yeah. but it's a new game engine. It's not the same. And oh, purist <laughs> right. this and that. People, you know, it's 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 an old old engine. You know, they're not going to use that. Well, what I would actually love to happen, and I know this is pie in the sky thinking, but what I would absolutely love is that if they just made Half-Life 2 Episode 3 in the same engine, just wrap up that story. Show me, you know, get to the boat. Give me all, like, what's going on with the boat and all that. And then take Half-Life 3 and make that the new game. You know, make that, like, in your new engine and that. Hmm. And I don't know, maybe... Yeah. Maybe that would keep people happy. I don't know. You know, and that, what we have to also remember is that 1997 comes out, Half Life comes out, seven years pass, Half Life Two comes out. It's completely new engine, and they and they improve it. They're one of the few companies to take their sequel and make it better than the original. So I don't know. I have faith. I I don't know. I have high hopes. I guess. <laughs> do you run the risk of making it and having it be a failure, or do you leave it right now as it is and? The Half-Life 2 being the pinnacle of first-person shooters. I'd be fine with that if they didn't end it on a cliffhanger. If they gave us <laughs> yeah. some... You know, have you not read like, the code? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me some conclusion. I need closure. It's an open wound. It's been open for 14 years now. Come on, let's close it up and, and wrap yeah. the story up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, you have a, I think you had a perfect point there. Let's just have some closure. Why don't they, with their like announcement of Half Life Three or whatever, why don't they say, "Oh, by the way, we're gonna give you Half Life Two Episode Three and close it," but we're yeah. also introducing Half Life whatever, and right. it's on a new game engine, and the story continues, and this and that. Like that would be ideal. That would be yeah. perfect. I think it's like you said, like how the, Valve likes to look towards the new. They don't like looking towards the past. And I think, you know, they benefited from that as a company. Um, but it's also the one thing that's kind of annoying about them, you know, that they don't <laughs> finish this stuff off. And uh, like, I get it. I get what they're doing. They always want to try new things. And this is this is what we have to deal with. We have to deal with stories that go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. The problem well, is, is that things- is... Sorry, go ahead. I would just say the the problem is that is like the biggest video game cliffhanger in fucking history. I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say, if, like, if Valve is the company that I've known them to be over the last how many years, they're not going to put out an episode three or even a Half-Life three unless they know that it is 100% perfect. Like, they're not going to, they're not going to waste their time putting something out if it's, like even any bugs at all, there won't be anything because it. They're kind of like Nintendo in the sense that they're not gonna put out a product that isn't going to meet customer expectations and then surpass them as well. Right. Yeah, they are definitely the uh, perfectionists of the the first person genre. I think. Mm. I gotta give them credit for that. We all gotta give them credit for that. It's true that they're that they're perfectionist about it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, as much as it pisses us off sometimes. And, I know. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wish they had the same. I wish they had the same sort of thing with their, you know, their Steam uh, overlays and Steam Chat and home streaming and all the features that are on Steam. But yeah. Other than that, you know, their games are great. <laughs> I, I'm giving them shit, but I love Steam. I love it. You know. Oh so yeah. yeah. I love everything about it. Steam OS, all that shit. I just love it. They're awesome. It, and technically, I mean, uh, I know you guys don't have this written down here, but the Portal games are within the Half-Life universe. 
Um, they are a little bit of a continuation. Uh, they're different stories in the same universe. I didn't know um, that. Uh, yeah, because yep, in the very last scene in uh, episode two, Half-Life 2, episode two, uh, there's this boat that apparently has something on it that's really bad. Um, don't really know what it is. It's some sort of weapon or something like that. The Combine are trying to build something again. And the boat uh-huh. is, uh, it has, the, the cargo on it is by this company called Aperture which is the company that you are uh, stuck with in, in um, the Portal games. So they, the universes oh, are connected. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, having a, a Portal month at some point, too. Well, don't, don't look towards playing the Portal games and thinking you're going to get any answers. No, Genie no worries. doesn't show up and tell you what's what, you know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, there's also some, uh, I believe it's the first Portal game uh, you can put in some cheat codes that'll let you use the weapons from Half-Life 2. Like you can have the, oh. like the oh, really? gravity. I believe you can have the gravity gun, or at least some of the. I haven't done it. I I did it probably three or four years ago. I found one of one of the guys I went to school with had showed me. So we were just running around shooting stuff while we we're playing Portal, and it oh, didn't make any sense because there's nothing to shoot. But we had right. guns. It was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I guess the story checks out then. <laughs> Same universe. All right, so let's let's wrap it up a bit here. And uh, I just want to get everybody's overall thoughts because this game is now 10 years old. Do you think it has a place for somebody nowadays uh, who hasn't played it before? I can say personally that it does just because I just played it. But w- would you recommend it to other people? And uh, and what are your overall thoughts uh, 10 years later? Um, let's start with you, Kev, because you, you played it 10 years ago. Would you still recommend it to somebody today? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they're classics. I, I'd even recommend the first one. Give it a try. Uh, you yeah. know, get to know what the opening's all about. I know that the platforming, I mean, the platforming was clunky back then. It's not that it hasn't aged well. It was always bad. But the right, story right. is there. Gordon Freeman's there. The the enemies are there. The science fiction is there. It's it's all great stuff. Uh, definitely worth playing. I, I would recommend it to anybody. I, I bought the game for other people on on steam and whatnot said here play this game already you know yeah so i've recommended it in the past i will recommend it again in the future yeah this is one of those games where i'm now going to take your recommendations much more seriously (laughs) oh well (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) thanks this is this is definitely proof uh, of some good taste how about you enzi would you uh recommend this to anybody who uh, hasn't played it yet Oh, for sure. Like, um, I'm more of a new school shooter just because I'm a younger guy, but this right. is definitely, I'd say, probably the pinnacle of first-person shooters. And if you haven't played it, there's no reason why you shouldn't. I'm definitely going to go and uh, finish off the game and finish off both Episode 1 and 2 within the month yet, too. So, Excellent. Wow. And, and you know what? That does say a lot as a, as a younger guy who, who does play the newer versions of, of what first-person shooters are now. That really does say a lot about this game being as old as it is, so... That's great to hear. Oh, and I, I, sorry, I just got thrown in there. Definitely do play episode one and two, if, especially if you enjoyed Half Life Two. I mean, there's some things in episode one and two that are they're my favorite moments in uh, in all of Half Life. They're must plays, even though you're on a journey to yet another cliffhanger. They are so worth playing. I'll yeah, keep that I am mind. do it for sure. Uh, how about you, Jason? Ten years uh, gone by. Do you still think uh, there's a place for this today? I absolutely do. The game, I still think, holds up really well. I think it's a beautiful game. I think it's intuitive. And every time you play it, it's fresh. It's exciting. It's dynamic. It has some amazing storytelling, amazing atmosphere, and 
the the whole Half-Life world is just incredible. I would recommend it to anyone who's a fan of not just first-person games, but if you like good storytelling, if you like good, good, solid yeah. stories, you know, this is a game that really changed the way that games were made. I mean, of how they produce them, how they execute them, and how they tell their stories in their games, in their campaigns. This game changed that. So this is this is the father of that. And I absolutely recommend it to anyone who um, loves that type of gameplay. Yep, well said. And uh, and P one the the man who who's turning over a new leaf because of this game. <laughs> you seen the lot. I'm pretty sure I know your answer, but yeah, we uh, you... we spent a lot of time on this show talking about games that are 20 years old, 10 years old, 15 years old, and saying what you know how much we liked them. Uh, those are all games that are in styles and genres that I already am a fan of. What Half Life Two did. 10 years after the fact is make me a fan of a new genre. Like, it didn't just make me like Half-Life 2. It made me want to experience more games like Half-Life 2. Um, there's a small fear in the back of my head that there are no other games like this. And uh, hopefully I'm able to find some. But if you haven't at this point played Half-Life 2, if you don't like first-person games, play this game. Get it on Steam, get it on your Mac, on your PC, sit down and play this game because from the second you walk off of that train to the second that the game ends, you will enjoy yourself and you will feel immersed in this amazing world that Valve has created. And, you know, like real life, there's no answers at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I would recommend it 100%. And I want to thank... This is a special thank you to Rusty Lewis. Rusty was actually going to be on this month, and he's the one I said because we've been trying to get Rusty on the show since we started a year ago, and because he's at school right now, it's really hard to get free time with him. So I said the plan was Rusty, you're coming on the Christmas episode um, for this year. You pick the game, and Rusty chose Half Life Two. And if he hadn't chose it, we might not be sitting here right now, you know, for two hours talking about a game that has changed the way I look at first-person games and is a game that everybody loved. So, Rusty, thank you very much and good luck on your finals, which is why he couldn't join us because it's finals week. <laughs> That's rough. That's yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah, mine start tomorrow. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> well, definitely good luck then. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wanted to make one one more point just um, on Half-Life before we call it. Now, there's a mod out there and you guys may or may not know about it, but I try to tell everyone about this because it's honestly probably the most amazing mod for Half-Life 2. Have you guys heard of Synergy? No. 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 Oh, my gosh. I'm going to blow your guys' fucking minds. Here we go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you guys. I'm glad you're all sitting. So check this out. Okay. No doubt. This is the best thing you're going to hear all night. So basically, this is a mod, all right, for Half-Life 2. It's, It's a free mod, too. Um. What it allows you to do is it allows you to play through Half-Life 2, uh, the original Episode 1 and Episode 2, co-op with friends online. Oh, no way. Get the fuck out of town, right? (laughs) Does somebody play as Alex and somebody play as Gordon? No, so what it does is basically everything is intact. Everything is exactly as you would play it normally, but you have 
your friends there and you can pick if you wanted to be, you know, the, all the townspeople, all the, all the right. faction people, you can pick and choose who you want to be. Oh, that's awesome. Huh. That is so, so you cool. can, I think it allows, it originally was only four back when it was, when it first came out, but now I think it allows up to 10 or 12 people. Oh, and huh. what, and what they've done is through the years, they've updated it and they've fixed bugs and it's still, it's still supported even today. So what they do is, um, you know, you'll get to a certain point where maybe, you know, the next level is going to happen. And like you walk into that part and where the game would normally just load to the next area, mm. it just kind of stops. And the rest of the people have like a minute or two minutes to catch up and oh, get there. No way. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, it's totally intuitive. You can drop ammo and health packs for people. You have a Holy little indication crap. of how much health they have. Uh, dude, I'm telling you guys, I sit down every year and I play this with my friends. Of course, you, it's it's best to have it with people that you trust and that you know are going to enjoy right. it and have fun because you can obviously get on there with you know in a in a public server or whatever and right, people right. just like speed run the game. <laughs> I'm not about that. I'm not right. about that. I'm going to take yeah, it all same. in with my friends and have fun right. with it. So, but it's called Synergy. Um, it's right. on Steam. It's it's free. You can download it. And I mean, I if you know how to do a little networking and port forwarding, you can host your own dedicated servers, which I usually do. And you can play with your friends on PC, man. Co-op. It's incredible. You just blew me away. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm serious because think of, I mean, it's so it's so awesome, right? And how well how how much better would it be to play with all some of your close buddies? Like seriously, yeah. like all of us right here, if we yeah. all like play together this game. How cool would that oh, be? That would be, that'd be so awesome. awesome. Maybe Especially we would curb stop Ravenholm. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah for played, sure. Like me and P1 haven't, and NZ haven't played episode one and episode two yet. So to experience that for your first time with your friends, that would be awesome. Yeah, holy crap. Totally. Wow. So there's our, uh, there's our Christmas. Oh, man, that's <laughs> Merry awesome. Christ Merry Christmas, shitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Well... Let's take a second. We're going to read some comments from the, the forums and, and Twitter. Just where, to see uh, where are you going to find those forums, P2? Oh, uh, <laughs> if you're interested, you can find the forums over at www.cartridgebros.ca. Oh. And, uh, and then you can play along throughout the month with everybody and, and, and talk about how the game's going and stuff. And I just bring it up here quick. Looks like there was a lot of people playing this month. Uh, NES Romancer, Yoshi Knuckles. Uh, Fitnet, Kevin, Enzi. Uh, actually, Rambox and I were talking about NES Romancer. Is it NES Romancer or is it Ness Romancer? Like Necromancer. Oh, maybe he's yeah. like bringing old games back from the dead. Yeah. As opposed Whoa. to trying to, you know, sex them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I don't know. <laughs> Did you just put sex and dead in the same sentence? Did I ever? <laughs> oh, we're all Canadian, Jason. I'm, uh, I should have mentioned that. Shit just got real. Yeah, That's you're, not, you're not squeezing the sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Who else we have? Your super robot you put power. Put a sack in my hand. I'm gonna squeeze. <laughs> Those arms are really happening tonight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, get back on track somehow. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who else do we have here? Cat Max, Steven, he was playing along. I mean, there was just a whole bunch of people. It was a lot of people. Duke, uh, J-Rock, um, Andy J-Mania. Mm. There, there was a lot of people playing. 
Yeah, there was a lot. Uh, even on Twitter, a lot of people were uh, uh, tweeting uh, photos uh, and their status updates with the the hashtag Cartridge Club. Um, one of my favorites is uh, J-Rock has a picture. It's that guy I talked about earlier where he's cut in half and he's pinned against the wall. And right, says, yeah. That's why you should always wear the proper PPE. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. It's <laughs> pretty funny. But yeah, there's a lot of people playing along and it just it's because it's it's just a testament to the game itself why yeah. why it's so popular. Yep. You know. So, um, thank you to everybody who played along and uh hopefully uh we'll hear more uh, if you have anything to say on the forums even after the podcast jump over there cuz we're always active. My brother has nothing else to do and he's, he just hits refresh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if 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 the month is over, even just feel free to leave a comment because we will definitely be replying. So yeah, that's right. So I want to I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody, but I, most importantly, I want to thank our three guests who took time out of what is probably the busiest month of the year to come sit and talk with us today about this game. Um, so uh, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to give them a chance to to plug their their spots again. So Kevin, thank you very much for coming. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. It's always been a pleasure, and it always will be. Yeah, um, you can be found at. Your YouTube channel, which is www.youtube slash user slash buried on Mars, or they can find you at Twitter, which is at buried underscore under on underscore Mars. God, I hate that one. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> Somebody had that guy. I don't know who that guy is, but he's got my name, and he does nothing with that account. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and uh, of course, on Retro Fandango, which is Kevin's uh, podcast, where they talk about uh, games, movies, news, uh, everything. Yeah, and by the way, if you go to the Cartridge Bros forums. And you go to the Retro Fandango part of the forums, you could see where I pretty much picked apart all of uh, P1's quote-unquote plot holes Did of really? Alien 3. Oh, oh yeah, they're, they're, I tore them all apart. They're there, they're there. You are, you've been debunked. We're going to have a look at that. We'll talk later. But, uh, sure. <laughs> Enzi, I want to thank you for taking uh, time away from studying for finals. Please don't fail to come talk to us about Half-Life 2. <laughs> and, yeah, um, if I fail, it'll be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, really like, you really like this game. <laughs> and um, where can they find? Where can our listeners find you? Because I know you're starting up a YouTube channel, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I filmed a video yesterday. It should be up by the time this podcast comes out. I should have it up. Uh, it's YouTube.com/slash/nzyt because slash nz was taken. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter. Twitter.com/slash/nz204. Perfect. Yeah, that's where you find me. Definitely, uh, if you if you're a fan of the club, shoot Enzi a follow because he's playing along every month and he's very active on Twitter. He's a great Absolutely. guy to talk to. Yeah, yep. thanks so much um, for being on Enzi. And uh, again, Mr. Heine, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege being able to share internet space with you. Uh, we're pretty sure everybody in the room is a huge fan of all the work that you do. So thank you for taking the time to come here and talk to us. Well, of course. No, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate that. The Content was excellent. You guys are champions. Appreciate it. Yeah. Why don't you uh, just one last time let everybody know where they can where they can find Jason Heining? Well, um, I'm co-host of a another gaming podcast called All Gen Gamers, and you can find that at allgengamers.com. And you can also find me on YouTube, just like a lot of other people. It's the Emulator Review is my channel, and I review games and I do all sorts of things related to music, some video game remixes, some drum covers, and a little bit of everything in between. It's kind of a variety show. And, um, yeah, you can find me there on YouTube, and you can tweet at me at the EMU Review. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. There's shit everywhere. <laughs> I, th- I think it's safe to say that everybody here on this podcast is a huge fan of all-gen gamers and a huge fan of your channel. Uh, uh, you know, if... 
by some weird reason you're listening to this and you haven't listened to All Gen Gamers, definitely go and check out All Gen Gamers. Uh, it's like my favorite podcast. I look forward to it every time you guys uh, put out a new episode. And I just want to thank you so much for putting that together. It's such a been such a pleasure to listen to for these past few years. And I just hope it continues on forever. Definitely. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for all your support on that, too. We love doing it. Awesome. All right. Um, well, that's everything, guys. Uh, for anybody who's new to the show, you don't know, we never we don't script endings. Um, we do script intros, not endings. So uh, we like to leave it up to our guests. Uh, so hopefully one of the three of you has something creative to, to take us away for the, uh, the episode. So I'll turn it over to you three. Boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs>